hell is a teenage girl. And so is the shitty marketing for this movie. That's right. This week we watched. (laughs) It's not the first time ever, so I can't do that part. But we watched Jennifer's Body. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Clear Tinted Classics, the show where I, your host, Jake Ryan Baker, watch classic movies for the very first time, usually, and give my nostalgia-free opinions on them. Today is a special episode. Not only do we have a return amazing guest, but it's also not a normal episode where I watch something I've seen for the, or how do I phrase this, uh, <laughs> where I watch something I've never seen before, or my, sometimes my guest has never seen it. We're both just big super fans and wanted to talk about this movie. So, <laughs> also, it kind of fits in with the weird, scary Christmas theme I'm doing. Whatever. Anyway, uh, so happy to have her back. Jancy is on the show to talk Jennifer's body. Welcome back, Jancy. Hello. Thank you so much for having me back. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. And I am so happy to be talking about this movie because, oh my God, I adore this movie. I yeah. love it. Everything about this movie, except for the shitty marketing. I love. <laughs> Except for the shitty marketing. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, it's a whole thing, right? Like, it's a movie that was kind of supposed to be more. I mean, I don't know. I I, it, I find this topic, I'm actually glad to have somebody to talk with about this um, because I never like to generalize, you know, mm-hmm. but I think it's safe to say that the audience for this film should have been a more like, female-centric audience, and yet all of the marketing on the film focused right. on, like, look at Megan Fox. Isn't she's so she so sexy. hot? Yeah. She's so sexy. Come watch our scary, sexy movie. <laughs> when really, like, this is definitely, like, a more feminist-focused movie. And I'm just happy, more than anything, that this movie is finally, like, people are finally putting respect on Jennifer's body's name. Because this movie deserves respect. It is so good. And it finally has like such a cult following. And I'm just so happy that it finally does. Yeah, it used to be a hot take to be a fan of this movie. But I think the tide has really turned on it. I I find that most people that have seen it like it. And it's it's kind of talked about uh, a bit more reverentially these days. But yeah, you know, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I, I think this movie came out. I just feel like this movie came out at a strange time. And I was reading an article before we started recording about like what sort of was going on in Hollywood around the time that this movie came out. And okay. it was like hot on the heels of Megan Fox being in Transformers just because she was hot and hot on the heels of the, I think the screenwriter for this movie also wrote Juno. Diablo Cody. Yeah, yeah, which I think Juno is overwritten. I am one of those people who think that Juno just does a little too much. I still like it, but I don't feel that same way about this movie. But I think that people were coming off the heels of Juno thinking that this was going to be overwritten in that same way. And like I said, you know, Megan Fox just people just saw her as hot, which is so unfortunate because she gave such a great, like she did such a great job in this movie. Her performance is amazing. And it just yes. did not get the respect it deserved because people were only focused on her sexuality. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's been a whole tough thing with her. I've always 
ever I actually saw this movie in theaters and I liked it a lot. Um, but I've always been a not maybe not always, but I love I would consider this movie to be a horror comedy. It's not like an out and out horror or mm-hmm. anything like that. And I do think there still is some misconceptions about the film in the sense that I noticed some of the reviews of it that take it as like a that aren't as hot on the film, I guess, are like, well, it's just it's not very scary. It's just an okay horror movie. I'm like, I don't know. I never really thought You're of this like, movie as like, it's, yeah, oh, it's not it's supposed a- to be a horror movie, really. Like, the horror elements are just accentuations to the plot. It's not the focus of the plot, I don't think. Right. And yeah, Megan Fox's his career has been weird. It, it's like, I, I mean, it's, I don't know. I never want to objectify people, but it really felt like she was, I guess, just too hot. No one would take her seriously for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I've honestly never seen her. Uh, I've never seen her in something that I didn't think she was doing a good job in. Yeah. I, I think if you go back to the Transformers movie, even, which is just a, I mean, I liked it when I was younger, but it's just a shitty Michael Bay movie. Right. Yet somehow she's still actually with wh- how little they give her. She stands out in that movie. She has a real personality. Her character even has like a little bit of an arc. Uh, and it's like, I don't know, she's always been decent. And then in Jennifer's body, she's just fucking so like at the top of she's everything that the movie needs her to be in more. Yes. And and people just completely slept on it. And again, it, a lot of it really does just come down to the marketing. It was marketed to like boys and like, ooh, hot, sexy. Right. Like, I can't I can't even remember 100 percent the trailers for this film. I just know that. It's a big it's a big thing for me because uh the director of the movie Karen Kusama mm-hmm. is someone whose career I've paid attention to and I've I've listened to her talk and she's had a really fucked up career. Uh early on she made this uh like boxy movie I think starring Michelle Rodriguez called like Girl Fight or something like that. It was pretty well re- regarded and it kind of got her in the door. But then early on in her career she gets Aeon Flux mm-hmm. which if people don't know much about that movie like I think most people just go, oh yeah, that piece of shit. <laughs> uh, but but the thing is, like, the story behind that production is insane. And they went through like three different production heads while they were trying to make the movie. She just she had no chance. It, it doesn't matter if fucking Quentin Tarantino was directing that movie. Maybe it would, because he would be able to just do whatever he wants. Whereas she's a woman in Hollywood trying to make a movie who just is getting kicked around. But it's like she had no chance of making that movie good. And the fact that it's even remotely watchable is a testament to her. But then that gets her in movie jail for a while. And she finally comes back with uh, there might have been a movie in between, but I don't think there was. And Diablo Cody's hot off of Juno, which I, I have a weird relationship with Juno. The first time I ever watched it, I like fucking hated it. Oh, really? And I, wa- I like watched it again like later in life and was like, I love this movie. What the hell? Yeah. I was like, why did I why did I hate this so much? But it is like so, some her writing does I understand that it rubs some people the wrong way because it's very like it's a little quirky. The dialogue is very mm-hmm. she's like make she's kind of like making shit up sometimes. Like she's making phrases and words up for people to say. Everyone's a little too witty, a little too cheeky. Right. But it's a movie, you know, and like but some people don't like that. And I get it. But I like Juno. I mean, I love Elliot Page. Yeah. Back then when I think they're great in that movie and the cast for that. I, I actually really grew to like that movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it, though. Yeah, I love Juno. But she, she gets Jennifer's body, and she makes like what we now come to recognize as a great movie and like pitch perfect for what they're going for. 
And it just gets so mismanaged by the production company that she pretty much gets put in movie jail again. Which is really crazy (laughs) because I don't understand how, like, how does a director have no control over the marketing? Like, for some reason, that just really confuses me. I understand that the production company is responsible for that. But, like, should they have probably powwowed with her to sort of see, like, what her vision was for the marketing of the movie? I just think it comes down to how much power you wield. Like, if it was Quentin Tarantino or Christopher Nolan, they could probably throw their weight around. But because it's Karen Kusama and, uh, you know, the production companies, like, it happens over and over and over and over and over in Hollywood. And I get it because the company is the one that's fronting the money. They give you the money to make the movie. And so they don't care. Like, production companies do not care about whether you have a good movie or not. Right. They just want to make their money back. That's all they care about. And it's unfortunate because time and time again, it's been proven that the the, the most, not, not always, sometimes there's things that happen, but if you just give a good creative the money to make the thing they want and they'll make something good and then the movie will do well, usually, not always, but instead it's just like a bunch of suits and boardrooms being like, oh, we got to push Megan Fox's sex appeal because she was in that robot movie that did well. Uh, right. Bo- boys are the ones that they're going to be taking their girls on dates. So they're the ones paying and just like whatever marketing research they think they have that tells them this is what they need to do. And there's a million different movies that have been hacked to shreds in the editing room because the producer decided, oh, this doesn't work and we need to push this more and you need to cut this and yada, yada, yada. And right. like nine times out of 10, it's the wrong call. Some every once in a great while, you'll get some psycho director that gets kept in check by a producer. But it's just a case of Karen Kusama probably not having enough power to it just gets taken away from her after it's done. You yeah, know? that's fair. But honestly, like what a time to be talking about this movie, too, because it's funny when we recorded the Perfect Blue episode, I remember we talked about Megan Fox and how we both yeah. loved her. <laughs> and since then, she's had such a huge like. You know, we we like briefly talked about how she, I think she had just started dating Machine Gun Kelly or something when yeah. we recorded, and then they like blew up like a month later, and now yeah, everybody's you, you, like, at, when we recorded that episode, you were like, "What are you talking about?" And I was yeah, like, oh, I had yeah. no idea. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I just been seeing memes. I don't know." Yeah, that, that was that kind of left me conflicted though because I I love loving on Megan Fox because I think she's gotten done really dirty, but some of the latest stuff with her and machine gun kelly is just made me be like oh you're like fucking what is going on with they you? give me angelina jolie <laughs> billy bob thornton vibes oh a hundred i mean they literally are doing the same shit they're doing with the blood around the neck yeah stuff like i saw a picture they went to a, a an event and they were attached by the pinky with a chain or something mm, love that just- <laughs> yeah they're definitely a bit out there but megan fox has always been a bit out there like, I remember yeah. watching interviews of her even like 10 years ago and just being like, what are you saying, girl? Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? But that doesn't mean that she's not a very good, competent actress. And to Karen Kasama's credit, I think Megan Fox is the type of actress that does a lot better with a great director. Obviously, like that's a director's job, right? To direct the actors. And yes. I think the better the director, the better Megan Fox will do. I think that's the case with, I mean, Nick Cage is like my go-to example for that, where it's Mm -hmm. like, you literally have a guy who's capable of turning in an Oscar-worthy performance and has multiple times, but you've also got a guy who 
if left unchecked, will just be completely unhinged and give like an unintelligible performance because he's a lunatic. Right. Uh, but if you point him in the right direction, you get stuff like adaptation and leaving Las Vegas. 100%. And if you don't, you, you get shit like Willy's Wonderland or the Sorcerer. Or I don't know, whatever medieval movies he's done. But right. Yeah, I, mean, I, I do. The thing is, like, yeah, I obviously in the in this movie was using Megan Fox in the right way in the sense like the whole point of her character is like at first blush, she just seems like, oh, she's just like a whatever sex pot person. She's just kind of around like uh, maybe she's popular. I don't know. And but she uses in the movie, she's using that to her advantage and the almost the meta-ness of her also adds to the movie. Yeah. And so I, I think she's perfectly cast and she's doing a great and everything like i said everything i've seen her in i've i've enjoyed her in like even when she's like in this is 40 for like two seconds i'm like yeah she's really good in that i people hate jonah hex but i think she's great in that too i always forget how much people hate jonah hex people really fucking hate this movie jesus christ Uh, (laughs) but but i think she's pretty good in it uh yeah i love her i think she's great and i wish (laughs) that hollywood hadn't done her so dirty i wish that people had taken her more seriously because I really think she could have had, I think her career could have gone much differently if people had given her the respect that she deserved. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and say she's like on the same level of like an Amy Adams or something like right. that. Right. She's no Natalie Portman. Okay. But she's still a <laughs> way better actress than everybody painted her to be. Yeah. She could be doing the same kind of shit that like Blake Lively and those kind of actresses like she could have been in a superhero movie oh yeah and she could <laughs> act blake lively under the freaking table too or like, like uh amber heard like she could have been doing every role amber heard's been doing this entire time yeah but instead we get amber Heard. <laughs> yeah well um. <laughs> yeah i don't know it's it's it, it's hard but i'm just happy we're talking about this now because i love it i think it's a great movie and I'm happy that people are into Megan Fox again, even if she's being a little cringy with Machine Gun Kelly. And I'm happy <laughs> that people are finally realizing that Jennifer's Body is a good freaking movie. It's, it's entertaining. Tough. It has a good story. It's pretty original. It was doing things that not a lot of other movies were doing at the time. And it did it well, too. Yeah. And I mean, I'll just say this as a front porch statement on the whole film as I spit into the mic. Uh, (laughs) but this movie to me is like i think it's an absolute crime that this movie isn't isn't spoken with in the same breath as something like mean girls oh Um, right this is like like the perfect teen movie yeah this is like this is like three years after mean girl and yet to this day people are still quoting mean girls and everybody loves it and blah 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 to me this is exactly in the same vein like uh, but a little more cult hit-ish with mm-hmm. the horror aspect to it, but it's so quotable and so fun. And this, and to me, I feel like the exact same kind of audience would love this movie. Yeah. And I think people just missed out on it. It's taken about 10 years for people to come around on it, which is a shame. And, you yeah. know, and the, as, as cringy as Megan Fox wants to be in public with Machine Gun Kelly, I'm like, as dirty as everybody's done her, her whole life, I'm just like, she can kind of just do whatever she wants. And I'll just be like, yeah. You do you, whatever makes you happy. Yeah. And you know, the thing about it is Mean Girls was marketed towards the right audience. This movie was marketed so heavily towards like teenage boys that I think probably teenage girls were like, well, I don't give a crap to watch that. Like, I remember seeing the movie posters for this and it's like 
Megan Fox in like a slutty schoolgirl like lingerie right. set, right. sitting on like in a desk with like a lollipop. Yeah, and I'm it like, looks it looks like a porno. Yes, this is poster. not like this was not marketed <laughs> towards teenage girls, but like young adult women. That's the audience that would have loved this movie back in the yeah. day. And they're finding it now, which is nice, but mm-hmm. it's it's not like that. I mean, Megan Fox seems to be on a bit of a comeback. I'll mention uh, a movie she did recently later in the episode, I'm sure. Uh, and Karen Kusama's gotten a couple more swings. But to me, Karen Kusama is easily one of the most underrated directors. Mm-hmm. And it's just, just had such a bad string of luck. She should be m- making like whatever she wants. And instead, she has to like, scrounge together just to get like enough together to finally and she finally made some she made a movie called the invitation which people were like oh this is really good and i'm like yeah i like that movie she's a good director and then she made destroyer which i don't know if a lot of people have seen but uh it's a really interesting nicole kibben movie it's not my favorite thing i've ever seen but it's the thing is it's really well directed like i'm not gonna speak ill of of, uh i feel like i don't want to spend this whole episode bashing women's dating choices but I've also noticed that Karen Kusama tends to direct stuff that her husband writes, and as far mm. as I can tell, he's like a he's a, a fine writer. Uh, but uh, sure. I don't know. Like, I, I hope she's not going to like only do stuff that he like mm. writes because, like, but I mean, I think he co-wrote the invitation as well, which is good. But I don't yeah. know. The destroyer, the destroyer was fine. It's a movie I would definitely recommend to people, um, if only because Nicole Kidman is amazing. Right. But <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with branching out. Right, you can't just work together forever. <laughs> I mean, if it makes them happy, but I, I think she could. I mean, she, like I said, she just—I don't know—between like Anne Flux and Jennifer's Body, I think we've lost. Prob. There's probably like four or five movies she could have made in that period that we would all be like, "Those are really good movies, actually," and we just didn't get them because people were like, "Uh, oh, she made Anne Flux." Yeah, uh, fuck her. just like, a little, it's, it's, a little failure to launch right off the yeah. right off the bat, which is not great. It just sucks, like especially in a world where we're hurting for like, like good representation behind the camera. Mm-hmm. There's someone that's been there that's been good this whole time, and we're just like not giving her the time of day for some reason. Uh, it just it just irks me. Yeah, but as it should. I don't know. I, I this this go around. I think was a, one of the first times I've done my rewatch where I was just trying to watch the direction of the movie. Ah. You know. I was more I was more paying attention to cinematography and little and choices of the editing and just little things because I was I, I've always loved the movie but I've never really analyzed it from like a uh filmmaking standpoint mm-hmm. as much and so I I was kind of trying to keep an eye on that this go around and I I I what I am like the, there's nothing in it that's like mind blowing like I just watched the Matrix movies for the first time and there's some stuff in there that's like, wow, this is like revolutionary. Right. But I mean, she. she the, I also looked up. Do you, do you know what the budget for this film was? Uh, I don't know, like 15 million. <laughs> yeah, it's 16 million. Really? Uh, which is like uh, a very small amount of money, especially to make. Like, I mean, the movie's with all the well effects con- and stuff they have. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the CG is like none of it's terrible. No, it's, it's pretty good. Pretty, it's, it's pretty well incorporated. The effects look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shots or the composition of everything is good. There's sequences that I was like, oh, this is actually pretty. I like how this is even just little things like when Jennifer's in pink, 
walking through the gray hall. Mm-hmm. It, it just says so much. And, and we'll get to it, but the very, like, not the final, final thing in the movie, but the final confrontation is probably one of my favorite, like, just moments in, like, movies. Yeah. I, I just love the way they do it. And it's just like, when it was coming, I started to get, like, riled up because I was like, I fucking love this part so yeah. much. Uh, <laughs> well, should we get into it? Yeah, I think so. All uh, right. Oh, I, I need to pull up your Google Doc. Uh, you always take the way more detailed notes. My than six I do. pages of notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's way uh, better than I did when we did Perfect Blue, and I had like twelve pages. Yeah, I felt bad because they're still. I I don't know. Uh, it's fun. I get like uh, record. Like I just have stuff pop up all the time of like stills from that movie. I gotta say, um, I'm kind of curious which version I watch because I always see. I always see these stills from the movie with like these flowers and fishes that I genuinely don't remember from okay, the Okay, yeah, the flower stills, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I always wonder about those too. I think that was like a promotional thing. Yeah, it must I, be, because it's not in the I've movie. I've never seen it. I watched the English version, and I watched the Japanese version, and I mean, to be fair, both of them were on Amazon, so it was probably initially like, or essentially the same version. But yeah, I've never seen those flowers either. So I think that that might have been like a promotional thing. <laughs> it feels like a real Berenstein Bears Mandela effect situation. Where I'm yeah, like, it I does. I don't think this was in that movie. And I love that movie. I remember it so vividly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad we covered that, though, because that's a movie oh. I go back to a lot. Same. Now. I'm going to watch it again soon. And I'm so excited. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. I want to dive into the rest of his stuff, like Paprika. You need to watch like Paprika. That. It's so good. God, it's good. But uh, yeah, so you've, I will say, um, your act one is ever so slightly out of order. Okay. Because um, we do open with uh, Needy in the asylum and not with Jennifer. Oh, really? In, um, I will say I watched the unrated cut. Mm. I don't know if... There could be ever so slight differences. I don't know which version you watched. Yeah, I watched. Um, <laughs> I bought this on Amazon a few years ago. This movie, um, so I just watched whatever the Amazon Prime Video version is. Yeah, I have. Um, I have the unrated cut on DVD, but I looked it up on Amazon because I wanted to be able, like, kind of mobile uh-huh. while I was watching it. Um, and they have the regular cut and the unrated cut, and the unrated cut's only two minutes longer. But I don't know. Weird. I wonder what about it is. I'm kind of like... curious if we'll, if we'll find out because uh, I was I, I was looking at your notes and the version I watched it does open with Needy um, in the mental institution Weird. and then gets to so like my order is basically like Needy does the thing I'm a kicker she kicks the orderly mm-hmm. they throw her in solitary and then we briefly see this part that you said it opens with with her disheveled and sitting on the bed watching oh, the infomercial. I swear. Uh, I swear. Okay, no, I'm I'm just very quickly back in Amazon Prime pulling it back up. And yeah, the version <laughs> I have starts with her in bed. So we must have seen I, the diff- we must have seen different versions. I, that's really interesting. I wonder I wonder why cause I I assume the unrated version is I don't know if it's considered the director's cut, but maybe it is. Um, I don't really, I don't know how I, like, I don't know whether, how much of a difference that makes, which one we, which thing we see first. Yeah. Um, I don't really think it, it matters. The version I have is rated R. So definitely not the unrated. 
But regardless, yeah, there's no, we we there's start. Nothing, there's like there's not like random nudity or anything in the unrated version. So I, I don't know what makes it the unrated version. Weird. Uh. <laughs> I feel like I have to watch it now since I just so recently watched the R-rated version. I feel like I have to watch the unrated version now to see if I can find any differences. I'm I I completely blanked on it, but I meant to Google like a list of the differences just so I could more accurately speak to it but i it, i don't think it matters that much like i said there's a two minute difference in the runtime right so uh either way though just to set the table we're getting this voiceover and we'll continue to get voiceover from uh needy who i i get a real kick out of her name because i believe her real name's like anita anita yeah but everyone just calls her needy and, and it speaks to a lot to how the characters see yeah, her Yeah, and it's well. actually funny because I always thought that that was like a play on words and that they called her Needy because Anita and that maybe it would be spelled like, you know, N-I-T-Y. But in the Amazon version, like the Amazon x-ray that they do, it's straight up spelled like Needy, yeah, N-E-E-D-Y. Yeah. And I was like, okay, all right. But yeah. yeah, it totally speaks to her character and her relationship with Jennifer. It's, um, I mean, some would maybe even say it's a little on the nose, but- yeah, as a as a subtitle boy, I've always known it was N E D D Y. But uh, yeah. I did. So I did, so, oh, go ahead. Uh, on, on my notes, my notes are way less detailed. I was just writing down things that I wanted to make sure I didn't forget. Uh, Needy at some point says uh, that she's cracked, uh, and I just wrote that down because I know that's a favorite phrase of yours. <laughs> oh, love it! Love to call people cracked, especially I when I play Fortnite. Great. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Needy are I would say mm, I would call Needy the main character of this oh, movie. 100%. One of the main characters. Uh, that's another misconception with this film is like since the marketing was so Gen- uh, Jennifer forward, it's called Jennifer's Body, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. It's so Megan Fox centric. It's if you've never seen the movie before, it's like well, actually, Amanda Seyfried is uh, the main character of this movie. Yeah, and can I also <laughs> say she does a great job too. Her she performance is, uh, in this movie is good. I've always been really fixated on Megan Fox in this movie because she gets to do the more robust, entertaining performance. But this go around, I think, was like my actually Amanda Seyfried. Is it Seyfried or Seyfried? Uh, I say Seyfried, but it doesn't um, matter. Seyfried, Seyfried, tomato, tomato. Yeah, this go around, I was really appreciating her performance. I was like, you know what? She is like actually doing a lot. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> everybody, everybody who acted in this did a pretty good job. Yeah, even I, like the boyfriend character did a pretty good job. Oh yeah, I love. He's got so much going on. He, mm-hmm. Like he's doing the thing that all like good side characters should do is that he's in his own movie, and yeah, he, he's over there having his own film, and it feels like it. And yeah. even, even though we're not spending that much time with him, every time we see him, I'm like, you've got so much going on. And yeah, I, I feel he that feels like a self-contained <laughs> character. Yeah, and like, and I understand what he's going through. And like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing that he does that doesn't make sense. Like, like we're seeing the movie from Needy's perspective. So we know all this crazy shit's going on with Jennifer. But from his perspective, he's just like, oh, my girlfriend's like obsessed with this girl and doesn't even really like me anymore and whatever. Like, (laughs) like to me, to me, his standout moment, though, is is their sex scene. (laughs) Oh, man, it's so funny. (laughs) But yeah, Chip, Chip is played by uh, Chip. I. That that kid I recognize the most from uh, Scott Pilgrim, but oh yeah, uh, I actually I wrote down like everybody's name, but I did not write down his name. Is it Johnny uh, Simmons? Yeah, Johnny Simmons. Okay. Um, another another thing about this movie bombing 
is I think that it added more years to people waking up to how good Adam Brody is. Um, Man, Adam Brody <laughs> is so good, but he is like the same character in every movie. Yeah. He always plays like the slightly or very non-slightly, like completely like scuzzy, sort of like slime ball character. He's kind of fallen into that, but what's funny is I was introduced to him way back in the day in this skateboard movie called Grind. Mm. And in that movie, he's like the geeky, like he's like the goody two shoes of the group no, who's always really? like, like oh, guys, I don't know if we should be doing this. And, uh, and like that, that was the char- character he is in that. And yeah, first, so for I should me, watch and, that because yeah, I, I've never seen him as anything except for like, oh, douchebag. <laughs> That's just a if you don't even really have to like skateboarding to get into that movie. It's just like a mm-hmm. good road trip movie. I I grew up on that film and yeah, he's like the he's like kind of a dork in the movie. And so seeing him in that and then seeing him as this like scuzzy lead singer guy and then the turn he takes is like I don't know. It, it's just fun because then he'll show up and stuff like Ready or Not if people have seen that, which I think yeah. is like absolutely adjacent to this film. Mm-hmm. Uh and he's like he's just so good in it and he's uh, he's in stuff now, and I think people have woken up to him. But I think people missed this movie, and they missed his actually great performance. In it. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Johnny Simmons's chip is great. Uh, speaking of Simmons, uh, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, um, also, also in this movie, which is just very <laughs> funny and very random. He plays a teacher who has a hook hand, which just is so stupid. It just really makes me laugh because it's just something that. They didn't need to put in, and you know they were just like, eh, fuck it. Let's just make this teacher like really weird. <laughs> it's just a nice touch. Like it's things that people don't people don't really think about stuff like that. And it's like, why not? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like So we uh, start the movie, and our main character, Needy, is in a mental institution. And she's talking about all of her fans who send her letters. Uh, some of them are like pervy men, some of them are like people who are praying for her. And uh, she basically goes outside. Uh, a nurse comes to tell her that it's wreck time, so she changes her clothes, um, and she goes out. She to does play. have a fun. She has a fun line somewhere in here where she's like, "I tried talking to Jesus Christ, but it doesn't seem like He listens or whatever." Yeah, uh, <laughs> something, something. Actually, I don't know if that was in mine. Oh, really? maybe that's an unrated version uh, <laughs> special. Yeah, she says something like, "I, I wish I had written it down. I didn't realize that." there'd be that many differences but mm-hmm. it's just something like like yeah t- I, you know I, I know someone quoted it i'll have to find it you keep going but yeah so we see uh on her little windowsill in her mental uh room uh is a photo of her boyfriend chip um and she's reflecting on her time in the mental hospital um and she notes that her chart says she's a kicker K I C K E R, <laughs> and we're we're we get a little demonstration of this when a nurse approaches her in the cafeteria, and comments on the fact that she basically had like one pop tart for her meal. They're they're called toastums in the movie, but I think it's like a pop tart. <laughs> oh, and um, they tell me everything will be okay if I accept Jesus Christ into my heart. I say the words, but nothing ever happens. Nobody- oh, I definitely, I definitely remember that line. Nobody Thank comes you. back. Nobody gets off the cross. Man, yeah, because yeah, I do remember that because that's right when they flash over the photo of Chip. Yeah, and it's so interesting. Then- it's interesting to be introduced to her character as like the post-traumatic, like dark yeah. version of her before we meet her wimpy version. It's, it's an it's like 
like I've only got like two. There's only like two things about this movie that I'm unsure about. And they're so a part of the movie that I've come to accept them. But I'm not a big fan of movies that start like, oh, man, I bet you're wondering how we got to this point. That's not one of my favorite tropes. And so mm-hmm. uh, I, I almost like there's a part of me that just was like, just throw us into the story and we'll see her be wimpy. But it, because we get so little of her as like angry, dark version, I think bookending it with that actually works pretty well because she's so meek for the whole movie knowing that that she gets to that point actually i think that does work but normally yeah. normally it's not a trope i i like very much but i think this movie weirdly gets away with it uh. <laughs> i like it because it gives us like the perfect amount of exposition i think like we're mm-hmm. introduced we basically get the whole story like handed to us like we're right. the scene is set so well um so the nurse that's talking to needy and commenting on her lack of eating uh, Needy doesn't like when the nurse does that very much, and she kicks her right in the face, um, and it sends her like flying across the room, like yeah. across the table. <laughs> it's like a fat mess. Um, yeah, and then two two orderlies. I don't know if this happens in your version, but she uh, spits out a bunch of blood in a tooth. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I did see that too. I did read so, something. Speaking to the movie having more going on than people probably give it credit for. Uh, one of the reviews I read for it pointed out that, oh, this seems really random and aggressive, but it actually speaks to her character of like, there's this orderly who's come up to her and is telling her, you're not eating enough. You need to do this. And her violent reaction to that is the same reaction to she's sick of people telling her what to do all the time. Yeah. Um, and it actually it's does so, like feed into the themes of the movie a little bit. It's same so with, like diametrically opposed to the character that we get to know yeah, like the needy that we get to know as well. That when we see her like acting all hostile, and then we see her like back in school, we're like, "Wow, she's so timid." It also like ties into like the more feminist aspects of the film too. The fact that someone's like, "You need to eat more. You need to do this," and she's just like, "Yeah, Fuck you. that's a great point. <laughs> that's a really great point." Uh, but so yeah. Uh, yeah, then two like security guards, orderlies, whoever. Uh, like basically drag her away, kicking and screaming literally, and they place her into a solitary confinement cell that just makes me laugh because it's like concrete walls and a concrete floor, and she's in a, <laughs> like a a prison or like a mental institution, right? And I'm like, that would never happen, but it makes for a good film. <laughs> so then she starts narrating the story, uh, basically, I think, of how she sort of ended up this way. Right, and, and in, then in, so in my, is in my this version, the part it, when that? we see Jennifer? Yeah, in my version, um, the second she gets thrown in solitary confinement, it she starts telling the story of like Devil's Kettle and all that stuff. Because I have like in my notes, it's like this is Devil's Kettle. It's named after a waterfall. Should they do the little gimmick with the balls, the scientists sure. or whatever? Yeah. And then, so and this, then we the then we see story. Jennifer looking really rough on the bed. Okay, um, that's perfect. And it's but really, yeah, the whole story it's really takes brief. Place. You just kind of see her looking in the window. <laughs> Man, uh, it's creepy, right? Yeah. So so this the story takes place in a town called Devil's Kettle, and it's named for like the Devil's Kettle's <laughs> falls, and they <laughs> empty into this like vortex. And Needy notes that nobody knows where the vortex like leads out. And we're we get this little scene of like these scientists dumping some like plastic, like orange plastic balls into it. Um, and she says that they can never find out where they lead. 
Yeah, and it's worth mentioning that the dialogue already is really cheeky. Um, and like one I, a line I like is she's like, maybe nobody really knows where it goes. Maybe it goes to another dimension, or you know, maybe it's just really fucking deep. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you're just like, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so a, then, uh, is while, this when we while, see while we're talking about bed? Devil's Kettle, I, I do want to briefly mention one of my favorite throwaway jokes in the whole movie is uh, when the when Low Shoulder is about to play, Adam Brody's like. All right, welcome. And he's like, we're good, glad to be out here, Devil's Lake. And someone goes, Devil's Kettle. And he's like, fucking A right it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Oh my God. There's this movie is so funny. Like this movie is so well written and not not too much. Like it perfectly hits the mark. Yeah, I just love his fucking A right it is. You're just like, wow. <laughs> also in that scene when Jennifer buys the 9-11 memorial yeah. <laughs> shot she looks down at it in her hand and she's like oh tower one's not full enough because <laughs> one so of the good. one of the shots is just like a little bit less full than the other it's so stupid i love that guy so like, the fact that they have a 9-11 shooter and then also she's like oh and then she's so disappointed tower one's not tall enough yeah <laughs> so we see jennifer lying in her bed and she's looking a little rough uh, and it's she's very randomly like it looks like she's like doodling in a book and we don't quite see what it is yet. But like she's watching TV in the background and it's like she's watching like an infomercial like late night, you know, when you're like up at two in the morning and you're like, there's absolutely nothing on. So you're watching like the dumbest infomercials you've ever seen. Well, I should she's also watching say one for it's, like it's, a glute blaster. Yeah, it's worth mentioning. This movie does take place like this is like a movie from 2009. Yeah, and, and it's it's present day. Yeah, there's some stuff that I was like, whoa, that's a little bit of a blast from the past. Uh, it's kind of funny going back and watching this because it's like now you just have would have streaming on. But like, sure. you know, like, uh, what is it like 12 years ago or 11 years ago at this point? Yeah, Netflix like, like wasn't even really a thing <laughs> like it is now. So yeah, she's just watching whatever's on like probably basic cable TV. <laughs> So and, all, and then uh, it flashes to a shot of like the window, and we see Needy like peering into the window, all suspicious. Right. But then like Jennifer suspicious. looks over, like a, you know a typical horror movie trope. We see Needy in the window. We cut back to Jennifer. She looks at the window. Nobody's there. Bum bum bum. Um, and then what happens in your version? Oh, oh. this is when Needy says the iconic line that I freaking love: "Hell is a teenage girl." I love that line. And uh, and yeah. then in in your version, is this when she starts to just sort of like explain like, you know, what's going on, who they are? Yeah. Is this when it, we see Jennifer in like the auditorium? Yeah. We, we, the we, go to, we go to the gym with okay. the weird, like the, the way they color this flashback has always been struck me as kind of odd. Like very like, saturated. Yeah. And so uh, the only thing, the only note I wrote for the whole thing is she's just explaining like, me and Jennifer were friends. I noticed you picked out the line "Sandbox love never dies," because mm-hmm. um, she's kind of like I'm this weird dork, and Jennifer is like the hottest girl in school. It's weird yeah. that we're friends, and you see her like waving it. Uh, like she has a she has a good line about like we were exactly like what our yearbook photos said we were. Yeah, because you see Chip as well. He's like playing the drums. He's like yeah, little, he's like a band geek. But Needy's she's like, a nerd. Jennifer's ne- like the hot lead cheerleader, basically. Yeah, and Needy's waving at her, and there's this girl that's sitting next to her. And this is this this is also the time. I don't know why I never paid that much attention to this before, but this is the time where I really picked up on the 
the like actual like lesbian subtext of the whole thing. Uh-huh. Like I know it's, it's all heavy. It's always been there, but like I, I didn't realize it hits you right off the bat with like the uh, girl just being like, <laughs> "You totally lesbian or whatever she says. Uh, to, yeah, like, I have lesbian. She makes a comment right away to like <laughs> set it up. Like people think Needy is like, l- you know, in love with Jennifer. Yeah, but, and it's, but Jennifer uh, and Needy are just like Needy explains. They're just best friends. They've been best friends since they were little. So right, like even as they sort of fell into these tropes in high school, like their friendship stayed um for better or worse obviously but yeah and so from there we it kind of throws us right into the plot like jennifer comes up to needy at her locker and she's like i saw this band on myspace throwback uh such a throwback (laughs) they're called low shoulder and we're gonna go see them and we're immediately getting their dynamic because needy's like i was supposed to hang out with my boyfriend tonight i kind of busy and the Jennifer, I think I wrote it down because it's it's a motif that comes uh, that comes back in the movie where she says, "I'm crossing you out, uh, boo, cross out needy." Uh, yeah, and then she makes like <laughs> a little X in the air over. Yeah, her. and so basically she barely has to try to guilt trip needy into coming to the concert with her, which is turns out it's going to be at some shitty bar. Uh, yeah, it's a little <laughs> dive bar called Melody Lane, and Jennifer just wants to go because she thinks the lead singer is hot. Yeah. And uh, well, my one of my notes is just even gayer than I remember. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, one of my one of my favorite parts, and again, that really speaks to the dynamic of their thing. And she uh, she looks at her and she goes, "Wear something cute," and like walks away. And we get like yes. some exposition from Needy explaining what that means. <laughs> yes, Needy says that she can show her stomach. But she can't show her cleavage because tits are Jennifer's trademark. Yeah. That's the that's like the exact line. Tits are her trademark. Yeah, I'm sure that was on the casting call sheet. Uh. <laughs> Probably. Must have great tits. <laughs> so as Needy's getting ready, she's trying on a bunch of different outfits. And Chip, her boyfriend, is like laying on the bed. Um, and he comments on like her low cut jeans. Yeah, he's like, I can you know, see. He's obviously he like say? a he's little like, jelly. I can see your front butt or something like that. Yeah, he's like, I can basically see your womb. <laughs> he's he's and then he's like firing off a bunch of lines. He's immediately like, you kind of you're laughing at some of the stuff he says. And yeah, uh, it's cute. And Needy's like, and, this is my rock look. <laughs> and you're just yeah, like, oh. and it's so cute because she looks so dorky. <laughs> yeah. Like she looks so dorky, but like it's adorable. It is funny because like every time they finally let like Amanda Seyfried like show her body like even just a little bit in this movie, you're like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> yeah, it feels like you're like, oh my god, put a shirt on. Like I shouldn't be seeing this. Yeah, like when she like takes off her jacket or b- pretty much like any of the scene where her and Jennifer make out. It's. I was like, oh, Amanda Seyfried, you are like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. But they, they give her like the worst glasses of all time and try to make her hair look really tousled and fucked up the whole movie to mm-hmm. try to like, I guess like, I don't know, ugly Betty dresses, her up or whatever. Yeah. She dresses so frumpy. Like <laughs> she dresses like a middle school librarian. But she's Amanda Seyfried who was previously in Mean Girls as like. Yeah. She's beautiful. <laughs> I feel like they actively tried to make her look ugly. Yeah. Just so that Megan it's, Fox it's would still stand barely, out extra. It still barely works. Uh, but it's like yeah. you get it, I guess. <laughs> right. And then so Chip is, you know, hanging out with her and he complains that she always does what Jennifer tells her. So we're getting this dynamic right off the bat that needy and jennifer are best friends but jennifer definitely like wears the pants in the friendship right right and 
you know, I think now is a good time to mention that I think the main thematic element of this entire film is, and the reason why I don't get hung up on like, ooh, it's it's not that scary, even though it's supposed to be a horror movie. To me, this is a movie about a friendship that is, uh, it's like a, it's a breakup. Like, it's a, fr- right. it's a friendship breakup movie. It's about two characters that have outgrown each other. And that, yeah, that's and like what the whole said, movie is about. about and, it, and that's why I love the climax when we get to it so much is because the climax just, if you hadn't gotten it up to that point, just hammers it all home. And it's like, this is what the movie was about the whole time. And Right. And like <laughs> you said, it's about Amanda Seyfried finally like getting tired of people telling her what to do. So right. she takes like her destiny into her own hands. And it is interesting too, because this movie does feel very feminist. And yet if you like, break it down in a literal sense it there are some it is interesting because jennifer does essentially become the antagonist of the film and it's about two women having trouble with each other and stuff like that and yet somehow i never really feel like it loses that aspect of it it's just i I like that it's able to get that complex and complicated which i know a lot of people probably don't think of this movie as very complex but i really do think it's got a lot of layers to it that people don't really give it credit for, which is another reason why I'm such a staunch defender of it. Because I, even though it's on the surface level, it just seems like kind of a really quippy horror comedy. It, every scene feels like there's care put into it and there's yeah. reasons why they're doing everything. And Jennifer, a lot of the stuff that she does in the movie is motivated by this weird secret jealousy for Needy. Like yeah. when she goes after Colin, like literally she goes, you think Colin's cool? And Needy's like, yeah. She's like, hmm, okay. And then, yeah. <laughs> like, and she, and then and obviously, she, yeah. yeah, in the end, it's, <laughs> it's, it's all driven. Like, there's a lot of like girl pettiness that's yeah. addressed in the movie. So Needy, like, sort of fends Chip off and she explains that her and Jennifer are best friends and they have things in common. And she flashes her little BFF necklace. Like, right. her and Jennifer wear these matching BFF necklaces. <laughs> We're biffs. Or biffs. That's what they say. <laughs> so Jennifer arrives. They pick up, she picks up Needy and they go to the bar. And it's pretty much picture a shitty small town dive bar. That's what this bar looks like. Yeah, it looks like every bar that is in Monroeville, uh, right. <laughs> where I live. <laughs> and then, actually, funny enough, in the bar, they run into a like police academy recruit mm-hmm. who is played by Chris Pratt in what I'm assuming was one of his first probably like cinematic roles. Yeah, I don't know where this falls on the Parks and Rec timeline. Uh, I didn't watch that show, so I don't remember when it was. <laughs> and just in case you're wondering, yes, he plays the same character that he's played in everything else. <laughs> same exact character. Except he's actually meant to be taken as a douche in this movie. Right. Uh, So then the band takes the stage. Jennifer introduces she and Needy to the lead singer, like we said, played by Adam Brody. Yeah. Um, And this is a funny line. Needy asks why the band, like, they're from the city. Why do you want to come play all the way out here in Devil's Kettle? And he says, well, we think it's important to connect with the fans in the shittier areas, too. So good. Which just makes me laugh. So hard because this movie is just so funny. <laughs> well, so we, then Jennifer, J- Jennifer, is like, she's she's put on like the she immediately is putting on like the I'm just a ditzy dumb fangirl thing. Yes, like, she clearly thinks like this is the role she needs to play to appeal to these guys. Right, and she's like, I'm gonna go get some shoot. The, she does the 911 shooters thing. Um, yeah, she goes to buy them shots, even though she's in high school. She she finesses shots. 
And yeah, Needy's tucked at, at away some, to at play some point pinball. She grabs, uh, when the, before they go over to the band, I think is when she grabs Needy by the tits and is like, these are like smart bombs and gives that whole like, oh yeah, she speech. points them in the right direction or something. <laughs> and and shit happens or shit yeah. goes down or whatever. And you're just like, okay. <laughs> so while Jennifer's at the bar and Needy is playing pinball, which is very dorky, I gotta say, nearby, Needy overhears the band members discussing and they do like a really cool, um, oh yeah, my gosh. They do like a who's split the- diopter shot. Yeah, what's, what, who's, who's the guy who directed the birds? Oh, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, he does that a lot. Like they do the thing where like the band is in focus and Needy's in focus. Yeah, I said I was watching the directing this time, and I was like, "What the fuck? This is." I was like, "She's doing a, it's a cool uh, shot, a split diopter shot." <laughs> this is so yeah, random. it's a cool shot. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like a, so, if people have ever seen um Brian De Palma does it a lot too. Uh, mm-hmm. He does it in um Blowout a few times, but yeah, they're they're, they're at first they're discussing Needy. They're like, "Look at her, she's a." Uh, would like, she make a good one? Like, would she be good? Yeah. And by the way, Adam Brody's character, I forgot, is his name is Nikolai in the Nikolai. movie. Nikolai. Yep. Uh, but he's kind of like, oh, those frumpy girls, they always give it up to somebody. So she's not a good candidate or whatever. I love well, yeah, I can't remember. He the- looks at Jennifer and he says, like, they're basically asking, like, if Jennifer would be a good target. And they're insinuating about asking whether or not she's a virgin. Yeah, he has a and one of my favorite says, lines. Like, I can't, he I, says, like, those types of girls, she's the type of girl to show it off, but never give it up. Yeah, he calls her something. I don't have the, I didn't write the phrasing down, but he's like, what, the state fair butter princess? Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, something like that. And uh, he's referring to Needy when he says that. No, I think, then, he, I think he calls Jennifer the State Fair Butter Princess. They call oh, they really? call Needy Jam Brady. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. His, his bandmate's like, who, Jam Brady? <laughs> yeah. Like, so Needy, being a good friend, like rushes over to the band to defend Jennifer. And she lies to them. And she tells them, like, actually, you know what? She is a virgin. And that beats sleeping with creeps like you. Yeah. She's trying to, like you know, dissuade them from their interest in her. Right. Uh, And so then she thinks they're looking, she's thinks they're looking for someone with experience, I guess. And so she's like, she's like, no, she's a, she's a virgin or whatever. And like, she catches Jennifer on the way over there and they have this exchange where she's like, those guys just want you because you're a virgin. And Jennifer's like, what? I'm not even a backdoor virgin. (laughs) Yeah. She's yeah. Jennifer like confirmed. She's very much not a virgin. Yeah. She also, Um, she fully admits that she slept with Chris Pack's character as well. Yeah. And that that's how she uh, lost her backdoor virginity. Yeah. She had to to sit on a bag of frozen peas and didn't get to go to six flags. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty funny. So then the band starts to play this like stupid, like pop rock ballad through the trees. We learn is called through the trees. Yeah, it's and great. And <laughs> Jennifer is just like completely captivated by the lead singer. She looks like she's freaking hypnotized by them. Yeah, I think it's like watching it this time. I was like, oh, it's like heavily insinuated that this is some sort of ritual they're doing. Because I, right. I think it's not a stretch to say they probably also are causing the fire. And the whole audience, except for Needy, mm-hmm. seems like pretty oblivious to the fire until things start getting really bad. And yeah, the next scene is it's like completely out of the blue and feverish, but basically like they're some of their electric stuff malfunctions and it causes like a huge fire. And like you said, the fire spreads pretty damn far before anybody even looks up. And and it's just it's like chaos and it's just awful. Like it's a pretty graphic scene. It's pretty hard to watch. Like 
People yeah, because you, you see like a woman being trampled and multiple yeah. people on fire just screaming. This is like yeah, and you see like the the explosions from like the alcohol catching. Yeah, this is probably a scene. I I I feel like I've really this is the other part of the movie I've used to be like this is kind of weird, but I come around on it because I used to feel like all this stuff happened so quickly and in such a weird way. But watching it this go around, I really started to kind of feel the uh, shock and like the catatonicness of like what would it because it all happens so fast yeah i think and, it's supposed to feel like that I yeah think it's suppo- i think you're supposed to feel like wait what the fuck is happening because that's how you would feel if you were there you'd be like oh my god wait 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 like what is going on yeah i used to think it was like uh it didn't work well but now i'm I, i've really come around on it and i'm like i think this actually captures captures almost exactly what this would feel like if you were in this situation it would all happen so fast you wouldn't know what was going on Jennifer, right. like Needy's in shock. Jennifer's still hypnotized. Uh, right. Adam Brody just wanders up with like a fucking high. Oh yeah, glass. but but Jennifer and Needy <laughs> escape. They yeah, get out through, through, through a window, window in the bathroom. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and Jennifer's just sitting there, and Adam's like, "Oh, you guys, we were so worried about you." Uh, he's like, "Hey, you guys made it out," and he's holding like a glass, like a cocktail, <laughs> like he has like a glass of whiskey in his hand. It's so good. And he's like, "Hey, you guys made it out," and he's like, "It's really unsafe out here." We should go to my van. And Needy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, she's and like, Nikolai we got the Sabrina. <laughs> yeah, he kind of just grabs Jennifer and like leads her toward the van. He's like, let's go to my van. And she's like, oh, yeah, I want to see your really cool van. <laughs> yeah. And Needy's like, Jennifer, like, we have your mom's car. Like, we drove here. Like, let's please just leave. And then Jennifer basically tells Needy to like shut up and she gets in the van. Yeah. And then we get a really, and it gets repeated a couple times, but we get this really iconic shot of what essentially is the last we'll see of Jennifer normal in mm-hmm. the movie where she sits on the floor of the van. Yeah. And you, you see her through the like van door and needy's looking at her and then the van door shuts and like you even see it like on needy's face and there might even be some VO here. That's like, you know, that's the last like blah, blah, blah. Um, I think, she, I think there is a VO and I think needy basically says something like along the lines of like, I watched her get into that van. Yeah. And I don't know what else she says, but there definitely is like a little thing. And then after the door shuts, Nikolai turns back to Needy and gives her like this disgusting <laughs> smile that just made me want to punch Adam Brody right in his fucking face. So good job, Adam Brody, because yeah. man, I hated his character. Yeah, Needy Needy heads home. Her mom's not home because uh, she works like, I don't even know what her job is, but she works mm-hmm. nights she works sometimes. Um, yeah. So she calls Chip, wakes him up, and Chip's just like, what? What's going on? She's like, the fucking town bar burned down. He's like, Jesus Christ, are you okay? I, I love him so much because his immediate thing is he's just like, are you all right? Like He's just immediately concerned know, really for her cute. safety. And it's really cute. He's like, well, did you get the make of the van? She's like, I don't know, an 89 rapist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. And he's just like, you just hear him over the phone. He's like, do you, do you want me to come over? I'm just like, Chip, you fucking are the best. <laughs> yeah, he's a great character. Uh, so then we were treated to like this pretty, pretty, I don't want to say stereotypical, but it's like a very horror movie-esque scene. Yeah, doorbell, nobody's there. Oh, there's right. some movement in the background, dripping faucet. Yeah. Uh, eventually, Jennifer it, just kind of comes into yeah, the kitchen. Yeah, it, it ends with Needy in, in the kitchen, and she, she, uh, she goes to turn off the leaky sink tap and when she turns around, Jennifer is standing right there and she's like bloody yeah. and battered. She's dripping blood onto the carpet. 
And she looks crazy. N- uh. Needy's asking what happened. And in response, Jennifer like gives Needy this horrible, <laughs> scary smile and her teeth are all bloody. And I'm just like, gosh, Megan Fox is so good. Like this is such <laughs> a good scene. Yeah. And then and then Jennifer like rushes to the refrigerator and she's just just the way she's moving like she's acting she moves like a zombie i was yeah this uh, is another thing that i was like trying to imagine like blocking this scene because just every part of it is like i'm gonna use this word a lot in this episode is iconic to me yes because like there's every time i, I get to the scene in the movie i'm like oh she just starts ripping through the she she's gonna rip through the fridge and then she's just gonna kind of weirdly kneel down and kind of paw at this chicken and i was just like how did they think to do all of this? Because it just all adds up so well. Because then Needy tries to be like, that's from Boston Market. My mom, you shouldn't eat. And she just goes. She makes this horrible <laughs> sound, like this demonic wailing noise, Jennifer. And, I, and, and she she vomits. like It's like exorcist pea soup. But it's, if the pea soup was like black tar right. instead. And it's awful. And the effects of like her vomit on the floor are so cool because it's sort of like it looks spiky, like it like prickles along. Yeah, the floor. I've always like I, I always remember that spiky black puke. It, it always stands out in my memory. It, yeah, it, there's something about it that's so vivid. And I, I realized this go around, she only does that twice, and both the times that it happens are at needy, which I yeah. find to be kind of interesting, actually. Um, so. Like, yeah, Needy's like obviously very freaked out. So she runs to try and grab her phone. Right. And Jennifer like basically stops her and pushes her up against a wall. Very violently. She, it's but it's like very like erotic too. Yes. She's like sort of like feeling up her body and she whispers in her ear and she's like, Are you scared? And Needy's like crying and she's like, Yeah. And Jennifer just like leaves. Well, Jennifer leaves the house. Jennifer uh puts her mouth very close to Needy's neck, like she's maybe mm-hmm. gonna like take a chomp. But again, like you just mentioned, it's also weirdly erotic. And yeah. she like leans in and she's breathing and she's got her pinned up against the wall. And then she just kind of tosses her into a door frame and just fucks off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, it's it's uh it's it's definitely setting the scene pretty dang well. Yeah. So you're just like I mean, at this point we've seen the movie a million times, so there's nothing surprising about this, but you know, on first watch, you're just like, what the hell is happening right now? And so you're not sure where it's going, but it just cuts the next day and they're at school. And- yeah. And they're in, in uh, J.K. Simmons is, is the teacher, his classroom. <laughs> yeah. It's like a science class. So yeah. they sit at like tables. So Needy and Jennifer sit next to each other. Right. And Needy's like freaking out, like reminiscing about her childhood with Jennifer, like thinking about last night's events. And Jennifer approaches her at school and looks totally normal, beautiful, perfect. No big deal. And it's funny because they call each other Vagisil and Monistat. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Jennifer comes up to Needy and says something like, where's it at, Monistat? And Needy's like, what the hell? Like, what the hell? You're you're fine. Like, you're normal. And, and Needy asked Jennifer, like, about the night before. And Jennifer basically, like, just kind of brushes it off, like, has nothing to say about it. Yeah. And I'm curious because I noticed it's not in your notes. But... One of my favorite moments in the whole film is when Needy's like, I know something happened last night. I spent the entirety of the night scrubbing it off the floor and it cuts yeah. to her like sobbing as she's like yeah. trying to wipe up this black tar. 
And for me, again, it's just like so memorable. It's really brief, yeah. but I just always remember it. Like it's not something you would have to put in the film, but they do. And it really like sticks out to me. Like, and then she holds <laughs> up her hands to Jennifer to show off her nails. And they are just like, under her nails are like the, the it's like the black tar. Yeah, she's trying to show like her the black tar. There. And Jennifer's like, fuck, you need a Manny bad. Yeah, she's like, you need to go find some Chinese chick to buff your shit out. Uh, <laughs> it's so bad. There's so like, bad. The, some of the language is a little dated in this movie, I will say. But the they R- do use the R slur yeah, they use several that a couple times, times, which I don't like, but it was 2009. So what are you going to do? Also, I think that one of the only people that drops it is like Chris Pratt. So I'm like, oh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, and then so J.K. Simmons enters and we learn that eight students, three parents and a teacher died in the bar fire. And, the- and it's just really funny because the teacher who died was their Spanish teacher, Senorita Erickson. Yeah. And Jennifer goes, no way. Erickson ate shit. Like Jennifer's like joking and giggling and like completely nonchalant about the entire situation. Yeah. Like, she clearly doesn't care that people died. Yeah. She's like. Like we'll find out later in the movie, but after she left Needy's house, she had herself a little meal. So mm-hmm. that's why she's feeling so high on life. But yeah, yeah she's just kind of giggling at all the stuff. The teacher, no way, Erickson ate shit. <laughs> like, yeah, and J.K. But Simmons then- is trying to be all solemn, and there's this football player in class who's just like openly sobbing. He like grabs a tissue with his hook hand and. It's pretty funny. It's so stupid and random. So then in the halls, Chip and Needy are talking uh, just sort of about the situation. And we're briefly introduced to Colin, who's like a goth student who is like kind of friends with Needy because they have a class together. Yeah. And he'll be back in the story later. Yeah. I love Colin. Colin, He's a great character. Colin dresses like how I wanted to dress in high school, but didn't have the balls to. Right. Hey, it's not too late. Yeah, I mean, I went through my li- <laughs> I went through my little emo phase in college. It's fine. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I've always like had a uh, I've always really liked Colin's character in this because I'm just like uh, I wish I could have been like that. <laughs> like he's obviously dorky and over the top, but it's like, uh, <laughs> uh, hey, at least he was unabashedly himself, right? Yeah, when he sees Needy, he's like, he's like, I'm really glad you didn't die, and he like does this yeah. weird little bow thing, and then just kind of like spins on his feet. And walks off and chips like, yeah, oh, you only talk to dead girls. And she's like, oh, we have class together. He yeah. Write, he writes really good, dark, moody stuff. And Chip's kind of like, I'm dark and moody. <laughs> and she's yeah, like, it's it's a cute little moment. <laughs> Chip like, is such a good character. <laughs> so then we actually cut to outside on a football field. And we see that same football player who oh, was sp- crying speaking of class. The, speaking of the direction of the movie, this is one I, 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 I've always remembered it, but I forgot how insane it is this shot starts like all the way across the football field and just yeah like, just like goes it zooms in on him so well and there's like heavy metal music playing <laughs> yeah. and then it's funny because we actually like then the camera like turns around and we see like the back of this guy's head and we see jennifer in the distance like walking towards him across the field right and then he's like, like he like glances cool. over and sees that she's kind of walking in and he kind of looks forward and then she comes from the other side and he like jumps a little like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, like she's, she startled him for sure. <laughs> well, she comes from the wrong side. Like she was coming from the other side. And yeah, then she and normally appeared. you would be like, oh man, a continuity error. But in this movie, I think it's completely intentional. No, she does it several times in the movie. Mm-hmm. She'll show up on the exact opposite side of where she was coming from. 
Right. <laughs> so it turns out that uh, this kid is named Jonas, and his best friend Craig died in the bar fire. And Craig well, did, was actually at the bar, and yeah, we briefly you, you saw see, him. He tries to hit on Jennifer, and she's just like, basically- He thinks like, he's cute enough for me, but he's not, basically. Oh, you know what? what? Jennifer is the one that drops the R slur first. Yeah. She says he's she in- She does. She's like, he, she's like, he thinks he's cute enough for me, and that's why he's in R-word math. That's right. <laughs> Unfortunate, but right. But she says, I was probably like the last person to talk to Craig ever. And right before he died, he said that you and me would make a totally banging couple. Janice is like, and, he said banging? <laughs> yeah. And she she basically like convinces him to like go into the forest with her because this the town is like very woodsy, so their football field backs like right up to a forest. Mm-hmm. So she like leads him into the nearby woods, uh, and they start to like make out. And this scene is just so weird, but like tons of animals, like little woodland creatures, like yeah, <laughs> deer, squirrels, birds, like a freaking skunk, like a couple like hedgehogs, I think, start like gathering around, and he like tries to get Jennifer's attention. And he's like, what's going on? And she says, they're waiting. And I'm like, oh. And then she like unzips her sweater where she's not wearing a bra, which is a bold choice to for school. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then she she takes his jersey and rips it. He's wearing a football <laughs> jersey. And she straight up rips it right down the middle. Yeah. I forgot. Um, maybe this is in the only in the unrated cut. But um, both. Jonas and Colin, she seems to give both of them a little bit of a hand job. Uh, before- oh, yeah. No, that's not in my version. <laughs> oh, yeah. She reaches down Jonas's pants and starts like, I, it goes for a little bit. Like, I was like, I don't remember this. And I was like, wait, what? She yeah, likes- <laughs> I think that might be the difference. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, oh, okay. Because uh, he's like scared, but she she starts like grabbing his dick. And I was like, oh, okay. But then, yeah, sure. she she pushes him against the tree because she's like yeah because she's like starting to give him a hand job and he's kind of like getting into it and then she mm-hmm. just randomly goes like do you miss craig and he just gets this look on his face like that's a bit of a boner killer but he just goes he's like yeah i do and she goes don't worry you'll be with him soon and he's like like in heaven and she just goes no and like pushes him against the tree and then we get you know yeah, basically <laughs> unhinges her jaw like a snake and it's it's like a very brief like we see the CG just briefly, yeah. But it's really cool because you can see like the corners of her mouth like ripping open as right. she like opens her mouth way too wide, and we just see like her like that coming towards the camera, and then it immediately cuts to the teacher J.K. Simmons getting into his car, and he hears the screams coming from the forest, and he's like, <laughs> "Let it all out, let it all out." Yeah, <laughs> like. He thinks it's just somebody like coping with their grief, but then he heads into the woods to investigate and he finds the mangled body of Jonas. And just to add a little extra grossness, <laughs> there's like a deer like licking his like open right. guts. I, this time around, I was laughing because I was like, I was like, what would it have been like to get cast as this character? Like, what an insane role. It's like, you're going to be like this football guy and you're gonna be in the movie for like five minutes and megan fox is like gonna make out with you and give you like half of a hand job and then she's gonna eat you and i'd be like yeah dream roll uh <laughs> yeah i'd be like okay cool i'm down for that that'd be great but yeah um, so and we get some stuff of like uh 
uh, I notice it's not in your notes, but uh, the mom and dad arrive on the scene. And <laughs> it's like, I don't, I didn't remember this, but the dad has like this thing where they're like, we'll find who did it. And he's like, fuck that. I'll find who did it. And then he has this whole rant about how he's going to rip off the guy who did its nutsack and tape it to his door to use that as was a not in my version. That was not in my version. There we're, is a scene. I think scene we're finding they, the two minutes that we're missing. <laughs> we are finding it here. There is a scene where his parents are standing there and they wheel his body out, like on a stretcher from the woods. And his mom like breaks down and a, a female cop like goes to like comfort yeah, him. Yeah, that was that was there. His but dad the Yeah, dad, in my he, version, his dad didn't have any speaking. No, words. he has a whole thing that he yells into like the sky about how he's going to rip this guy's nutsack off and turn it into a door knocker and tape wow. it to his door. <laughs> there we see we're we're finding those 2 minutes. We got it's them. It's really weird. I I'm wondering if this is like sometimes I I must have watched the other cut before because that the reason I remember it was because I was like I don't remember this part. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. that was why so, it stood out to me so much. <laughs> so quickly in between the scene when the teacher finds Jonas and when Jonas is carried out of the woods we see we get a quick cut to needy at home and it's just important to learn that low shoulder are now being like basically heralded as heroes for their actions during the fire and they're like lying and telling people that they like saved people in the fire right. and, and they're like promoting their album on the radio and needy's like oh what the fuck because like she knows it's not true yeah so then we uh after after the scene where they find jonas's body like the scene sort of ends with this like rock and roll riff and then it cuts to like this beautiful like aerial yeah. shot of this serene lake and jennifer is like naked swimming across the lake yeah i noticed it's really cool because it's this beautiful shot and the lake's like unbroken and she comes up in the shot yeah so she must have like i don't know how they did it it's because like if you if you watch it closely it's like this is actually a technically probably a really tricky thing to do so, right uh, it's just another thing. It's like it's subtle, but it's. I was like, this is really cool. And I, lo I love the way the lake looks. It, actually, weirdly, you did a for one of your streams. We were watching horror shorts, and mm -hmm. uh, you did one where this uh, girl goes skinny dipping in this lake. And oh yeah, uh, while she's in the middle of skinny dipping, some guy just shows up at the edge of the lake, and she's just kind of trapped swimming. And I've watched that a couple more times just because I actually really like the way it was shot. Mm -hmm. um and it just reminded that was a good me one. it reminded me of that uh the, just the yeah. way the lake looked all green but it looks green but not like gross somehow uh, <laughs> yeah it just looks very peaceful yeah it's uh, so then uh jennifer gets out she wrings out her hair she gets dressed and she walks back into the woods i think it's just like basically kind of like a gratuitous artsy scene yeah but it also serves, serves a purpose probably for jennifer probably to wash the blood off of her yeah washing the blood off and she's just really feeling herself mm -hmm. so then later um we see jennifer at home and she calls needy and jennifer is just explaining she says i feel scrumptious or something like that like she just feels <laughs> like mega hot yeah um and needy is like still very put off because jennifer is showing like no empathy towards the situation whatsoever and needy's like what the fuck and so needy when she's on the phone with jennifer and this was very reminiscent of mean girls when they swap back and forth on the phone a lot yeah and maybe it's just because amanda seyfried is in both but needy gets a call from chip and she puts jennifer on hold um and so 
when we when we cut to Chip, we can see like police lights outside his window. Yeah, and, he's and like, when she and when she switches, Jennifer is like, "Boo!" Cross out needy. She does yes, another one again. of those. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh shit! Uh, can you still hear me? Oh, are you there? Hello. Okay, we're good. I'm trying to what? Uh, can you you can hear me still? Yeah, you cut out for just a second. I bumped my mic. You're good. <laughs> um, I don't know when. Uh, scrubbing the carnage. Do, do you remember when the scene she had, Needy has like a brief interaction with her mom at some point? Oh, oh. it's uh, it's like um, yeah, it's like around the same time that uh, she is like around the same time that she hears about low shoulder on the radio. Her mom, like, it's after school, obviously, like four p.m., and her mom wakes up because she had been working nights, and her mom <laughs> says something like. One day you're going to be calling out to me, and I'm not going to be there. Yeah, it was the whole their whole interaction is interesting because she's like, I had another night terror, and she's like, Oh, you mean like a day terror? Because the day, haha. Mm-hmm. And she says like, I had this dream that people were chasing you, and they wanted to nail you to a tree, just like JC. Yeah, it's uh, pretty and, funny. And she's like, I didn't let them do it though, because I'm a built for tough something mama bear or something. Yeah, it's, it's the only like thing we get of her mom the entire movie. Yeah, uh, but it's like it's just this weird interaction, and she's just like whatever, and she's like, oh, someday you'll call out, like you said, someday you'll call out, and I won't be there, and you're just like, oh, but it's also like weirdly foreboding because, um, it is foreshadowing. Yeah. So yeah. so Chip asks Needy to meet up with him when we see the police sirens. So they go to a park that they meet up in sometimes. Um. So Jennifer, so Needy gets back on the phone with Jennifer, and she's like, I gotta go. Like I gotta go meet up with Chip. But yeah. as Jennifer is waiting for Needy to talk with Chip, she holds up a lighter to the tip of her tongue. And I'm sure, like, even if you've never seen Jennifer's body, you've probably seen a picture of this before. Right. Because she's it's like, literally, it's literally the still they use on Letterboxd. Like when you yeah. pull up the movie, it's the shot of her burning her tongue. <laughs> she's like scorching the tip of her tongue, like completely black. And she like takes the lighter away and it just like heals itself immediately. So then Needy comes back on the phone and Jennifer says, I am a god. And Needy's like, okay, well, I got to go because I got to meet up with Chip. And Jennifer says something about Chip for the first time. She says, you know, Chip has been looking really good to me lately. And Needy's like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Like, I got to go. She basically hangs up. So Foreshadowing. (laughs) Big foreshadowing. So Needy and Chip meet up and Chip explains what happened to Jonas because he and Jonas are next door neighbors. So he says like, Nobody even really knows yet, but my dad just went over and talked to the cops. Yeah, so they they find out that Jonas uh, got murked, and so uh, and Needy's like, this cannot be a coincidence. Yeah, like first the, the bar fire, and now like just a day later, like the biggest kid in school gets killed. Like this is just way too weird to be coincidence. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's like it seems like maybe there's a serial killer on the loose, but Chip just kind of goes, "Well, things can't get any worse, right?" And it's like, well. Couldn't they though? <laughs> uh, but Shit's yeah, about the, to really kick off. The days march on, um, and like we, we somewhere, and you mentioned it, low shoulder. Uh, we'll find out later what really happened, but they've they've gained infamy. There's a story going around that they saved a bunch of people from the fire. Yeah, Needy has they're like inter- famous now. They're like big yeah. deal. Needy has an interaction with like that same girl that called her lesbian gay, and she's just like. And she's like, low shoulder or heroes? And she's like, I was there. They didn't do anything. And she's like, you take that back. Uh, yeah. L- less Nikki. 
<laughs> yeah, so she's Nini, wearing like a low shoulder shirt. <laughs> yeah, like low shoulders a big deal now. So it's it it kind of flashes where we get a tiny time skip. It's a month after the tragedy, and they're back in science class. Needy and Jennifer are sitting next to each other. Jennifer oh, yeah, looks. I bad. remember. I was trying to because the first time they start montaging, everything seems sad and everybody's depressed, and that's when we get Jennifer in color with everybody yeah. else all monochrome. This is when she's wearing that pink outfit. Yeah, but then it's like, but the days marched on. We started to heal. We were all fucking idiots. Yeah. Uh, we had faith. We were fucking idiots. That's right. That's so, what it is. Yeah. And so they're in science class. And now Jennifer's back to looking like garbage. Shit again. A month, a month later. <laughs> yeah. So then a, the bell rings. <laughs> the bell rings. They go into the hall. And Jennifer and Needy run into Colin. And yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because Colin approaches them and... Jennifer, he basically like just opens and Jennifer's like, oh, are you going to ask me out? And he's like, uh, well, actually, yeah, like I was. And she's like, okay, go ahead with the pitch. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he, and he really he does. He's just like, so we've been having a lot of fun together in class. Uh, mm-hmm. she, she has a funny line where she's like, can I borrow your homework? I, I'm behind on Hamlet. Is he going to fuck his mom? And yeah. <laughs> Colin just is like, he like, look, he's like, oh, I, I'm, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, and initially, Jennifer shrugs him off. Uh, yeah, he, but then he says he wants to go see Rocky Horror. Yeah. At like, like a midnight oh. showing or and something. She's like, I don't like boxing movies. And he just goes, you know what? Fuck this. And he like walks away. And Needy's like, hey, he's really nice. Like, and she's like, oh, you think so, huh? And- so she calls him back and she's <laughs> like, why don't you just come over to my house? I'll text you my address. I just got Aquamarine on DVD. It's about this chick who's half sushi. I yeah, think she has I think sex she has through, sex through a blowhole. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Man, there's so many good lines in this movie. It's just crazy. And Colin's just kind of like, okay, cool. Um, so Colin and Colin and uh, Jennifer have a date. And actually that same night, Needy and Chip have a date. Yeah, so, there's something that I never really thought about because I was reading through your notes last night and you mentioned your interpretation of Needy and Chip's sex scene is that it's their first time. And I'm inclined so. I'm inclined to agree, but he has this one line here before we cut to that where he says he went to Super Target and got more condoms. And so oh, I was like, huh. I was like, so how they so i was i but the way they're doing it it really does seem like it's their first time maybe he's like maybe he already had a box but he's like i just got another box just in case yeah maybe but i also noticed like when jennifer is about to come when she's about to pick up needy for the rock show uh they start making out and chip starts to undo his belt and then needy pulls back and goes jennifer's here and then like two seconds go by and then her mom's like, Jennifer's here for you. And he's like, that's so weird how you do that. It, which also establishes right. that they have this weird psychic connection that's never really explained, but just kind of exists. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, so maybe they do fool around. I don't know. Because I think in a movie where the whole reason that Jennifer becomes a demon is because she isn't a virgin, it would actually be interesting to know if Needy was a virgin or not. And they never really say. That's a good say. point. Um, yeah. And the, I, and the way their always... sex scene goes is I just was like, this feels like a first-time sex scene, especially with him being like, am I hurting you? Am I too big? But Yeah, the, and the, the way she says put it in. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I think it's their first time, but you're right. There are, I mean, I think like the thing where Chip undoes his pants can just, I think sort of points like maybe he was hopeful 
but it didn't happen. I mean, there's a very good chance they've been like fooling around. Sure, still. probably. But I don't think they've actually had sex until yeah, this scene like, in the movie. Like, I, I feel like there's a, you could find a scene. Again, this also just speaks to Chip's inner life as a character. Like, either he was trying on condoms on his own just to see how they felt, which speaking from a male perspective, I can tell you that's something we, at least I've done before sure. like when I was young, where it's like, well, you guys got to try these out, figure them out. Ahead of time, uh, like I mean, there's that scene in Forty Year Old Virgin where like he doesn't know how condoms work, right? Uh, <laughs> but so I'm inclined to believe that when we see them have sex, it is their first time, uh, which I think is interesting to the themes of the movie, also because like the virginity thing is actually like a factor in the film, sure. Um, but yeah, and it shows like a big difference too between uh, like right. Needy and Jennifer too. Yeah, but I just I wanted to address it because I in my notes. I just wrote in all caps, more condoms. <laughs> I was like, right. I better make sure I mention this. <laughs> also, shout out to the fact that he got them at Super Target. Remember when that was a thing? Yeah. <laughs> Super Target and Super Walmart before they were just, before they both just had everything. Uh, so, so this is like the next couple scenes are like, they, they kind of cut back and forth. So we yes. cut back and forth between Colin and Jennifer and Chip and Needy. So Chip and Needy are hanging out at Chip's house. They're getting ready to have sex. Colin is driving to what he believes is Jennifer's house and he's singing like a, an emo version of emo I can version. see clearly now the rain yeah. is gone. It's really I, cute. I love that. I, lo I used to like listen to that song when I was young. I like looked it up because I was like this this kind of rocks actually. Yeah. Uh, so I can see clearly now the rain is gone. <laughs> he's like drumming. He's trying to get himself hyped up. Uh, oh, you could tell he's so excited. He's like, fuck yes, I'm going on a date with Jennifer, the hottest girl in school. Like, this and he's is also sick. really nervous. Again, like uh, him and Chip both do good acting where you can see on their faces like they're playing everything perfectly. Yeah. It's like, I can tell you can tell he's nervous as hell, but he's like, well, you know, she's like the hottest girl and she said yes. And okay. Like, he's like, play it cool. Play it cool. So yeah. as he's driving to the address that she gives him, he notices that it's in like an area of new construction. So nobody lives there yet, and all the homes are under construction. There are um, little things in this movie that make me go like, what the fuck is this town? Because um, they, they act like it's this really tiny nothing town that's half forest. But, then but they, they ha have a super target. They have a super target. They have all these undeveloped suburbs. At one point, Chip says, uh, did you make reservations for the Cheesecake Factory? And I was like, you guys yeah. have a cheesecake? We don't even have a Cheesecake Factory in Fort Wayne. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> just fair. Like, <laughs> I was like, wait. There, there are some maybe discrepancies, but uh, it could be like a suburb, or there could be something nearby. I suppose. Sure. I mean, it's definitely not movie ruining, but it definitely made me laugh. Where I was like, yeah, that's huh. a great point. Because <laughs> I so, never yeah. really thought about it, but there's all these houses that just. But you know, it could be like a a town that was mid development that was like half abandoned. So that's true, uh, and it kind of does feel like that. Yeah. So yeah, the the street is like pitch ass black. Like there is nobody around for like several blocks at least and he like realizes this as he's driving up and he, you can tell he's like what the fuck but the house that he pulls up to in like the upstairs window we can see that there is light coming yeah. from from inside so he's like fuck it i guess this is right yeah the so power hops, the power of teenage boy horniness compels jesus him. christ no kidding <laughs> risk your fucking life so he uh he it's, climbs it's through definitely like a, a thing window. where i found myself in the in this viewing being like yeah, Jennifer could have easily gotten me if I was in high school. 
I, oh, I she could have gotten me. <laughs> I'm straight and she could have gotten me. Are you freaking kidding? She has that she has that feminine allure. But yeah, I was just um, I was trying to like put myself in his shoes. I'm like, really, you're climbing into this abandoned house. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, if I because there's no hint that no one would ever guess that she's the demon. So if I put myself in that situation where it's like hottest girl in school is luring you to this house, I would never think anything was wrong. Yeah, you might even think it's cool. Like, oh, she's like trying to like get away from other people. Like she wants to be totally alone. Like that's yeah, cool. totally. I just think all the time about how like if like hot women decided they wanted to be serial killers, it would just be so over for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, Eileen Warnos killed a lot and she wasn't even that hot. Honestly. Exactly. <laughs> uh so Colin climbs through like a back window. Uh, and he he wanders upstairs into the home. One of my big no- one of my big notes is this: there is a song playing, and you can hear it faintly. Uh, and it's, I see I- <laughs> you winding and grinding. That one. That was a real flashback for me because that was like the song. For Actually, a while. as I was watching with the <laughs> subtitles, the subtitles were saying the lyrics, and I was like, wait. Are these actually the lyrics to this song? I was like, what the heck? I never knew the actual lyrics, only the chorus. Up on that pole, I want. Yeah, the verses are a little bit weird. Um, So he he goes upstairs and Jennifer is up there. And this part actually made me laugh because this is like a house that's being built. And if you've ever seen a house that's being built, you know that that shit is like completely made out of like basically plywood until they like, you know, put the carpet and the walls and stuff in there. So there's like a shit ton of candles, lit candles, just (laughs) all over this like plywood floor. And there's like a little boom box with the music. And actually when Colin gets up there, he like smiles. He's like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like you could tell he's into it. Yeah. Um, Although when she's so aggressive, it starts kind of freaking him out. Yeah, she like, she is like straight to business, no chit chat no foreplay like literally he's like, nothing. He's like, like i take it this isn't your house and she's like it's our house we can play mommy and daddy and i was yeah i remember she, i remember that line with- very vividly as a younger person because i was like oh god <laughs> she walks right up to him and just starts like taking her clothes off yeah and he's like nervous but she starts kissing him again i'm curious if this is in your cut but she like also reaches down his pants no nope. like kind of peeks down there and she looks at him and goes Nice hardware. Uh. <laughs> nice hardware, Ace. Yeah, nice hardware, that is, Ace. <laughs> that line is in my movie, but I don't think she looked down his pants. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. she like she like oh, like kind of pulls his pants back a little bit and looks down and goes, nice hardware, Ace, which is like, again, like maybe it's obvious when you talk about it, but it, it's, a, it's a layered joke because, you know, Ace hardware. Ace and, hardware. Like it's, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's a good line. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, she, she rips Colin's pants down and Colin is like looking into Jennifer's eyes and they like change mm-hmm. and like the, the like pupils become very like cat-like and the iris is sort of like changed to like this bloodshot white color. Yeah. And he says out loud, like, no way. And the actor does such a good job because you can like see the fear on his face and he like yeah. starts to like try to back away from her. Yeah. And he impales his hand on like a thing and she's like whoa puncture oh, wound a puncture wound how emo and then she snaps his fucking wrist yeah she like <laughs> takes his hand and breaks his arm yeah and, and I she think says he... i need you to be scared i need you to be hopeless yeah and you're and, like oh 
And this whole time, it's been cutting kind of back and forth between Needy and Chip's sex scene and this. And when she says hopeless, uh, Needy started to get like, she seems to be having visions of what's going on. Um, yeah, she starts to see, Needy starts to see like blood starting yeah. to like kind of pool on her ceiling. And like she, she, you could tell she feels it drip down onto her face because she like rubs her face. Yeah, I love the choice to not like- To I not like, actually include the blood, but to yeah. have her rub it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I noticed that. I was like, that is such a good detail. Most people would have just like had it be on her face and then cut to another shot where it wasn't. Yeah. But instead you just see her wiping it, which is like also easier on the actor, but also just I you get what's going on. It works really well. Right. Um, and you see, you, she sees Jonas in the corner, dead Jonas. And Jennifer perched on the chair like a fucking crazy demon cat. Yeah, uh, and she starts to like kind of scream. Well, she's like, she's starting to. The thing is, like, uh, <laughs> it's funny. She starts. She's like, starting to like hyperventilate. Yeah, she's like, she, she's like gasping as Jennifer's like eating Colin, and you get these shots of Chip kind of being like, Chip oh. thinks he's doing a great job. He, he thinks he's like fucking nailing it, and then she keeps saying like hopeless hopeless she says like hopeless over and over hopeless and chip's just kind of thrusting away yeah. and then she starts to like freak out and chip's like what what's the matter and then he like kind of pauses and goes am, am i hurting you he's like am, am, I, I, too am big? I too big am i too big and <laughs> so like he's funny. trying not to smile it's like kind of fucked up but it's also like he's trying to be yeah. like, <laughs> and and the scene of jennifer eating colin is really cool because we don't actually see it but we see like a shadow on the wall of him like laying down on his back and she's like straddling him on top and we could see that she's like ripping into his stomach. Um, yeah. And so Needy like freaks out and she gets up and she leaves um, and she gets in her car and as she's driving, oh, this scene is so good too. She sees Jennifer emerge from the woods, but right before Jennifer gets onto the road, you can see that she's like walking on her on all fours. Yeah. She's she like, like crawling she on like all fours. She's like a fucked up deer. Yeah. She like it's first really comes fucked. Out. And then she kind of like straightens up and like stands in the middle of the road. And Needy like, she's like covered with blood. Her mouth is bloody. And Needy needs to like swerve to miss her. Yeah. And she um, does. And then, and, yeah, she then, does. But then Jennifer like, this never really gets addressed in the later in the movie, but Jennifer lands on her car and fully cracks her windshield, which I, Locks I just- it up. From a practical perspective, I was like, you fucked up my windshield. <laughs> like, I have to go get that fixed now. Uh, yeah. But uh, she just kind of stares at her. Needy just like backs up. Jennifer rolls off the car and Needy like drives home. She's freaking out, looks for her mom. Mom's not there. She just kind of, something I didn't remember actually that well was uh, uh, she gets home and like looks for her mom and just kind of collapses on the couch. And it seems yeah. like she maybe passes out for a little bit, which kind of works narratively because it gives enough time for when she finally goes up to her room and climbs into bed uh jennifer's there <laughs> yeah needy like this is like the foreshadowing of needy's mom like you're gonna be calling out for me and i'm not gonna be there yeah yeah because because yeah when needy goes upstairs to her room it's dark and she just kind of crawls into bed and you just hear jennifer like hi and like needy like screams and freaks out and flips on the light and jennifer is there like <laughs> looking beautiful, looking clean. She's in her underwear, but she's wearing one of Needy's t-shirts. Yeah, Needy's like, is that my Evil Dead t-shirt? Grateful Dead. <laughs> or Grateful Dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Needy's like, get out. Like, what are you doing? Get out. Um, and uh, 
Jennifer doesn't. And she says, I'm not going to bite. And she kind of like slinks over to Needy on the bed and they start to make out. Yeah. And they make out for like quite a second. You could tell Needy's <laughs> into it. Yeah. It's it's really interesting because like Needy's really put off and scared. She's technically not. I mean, she saw Jennifer the first night, but she just feels like something's wrong. She saw her on the road. She's really confused. Yes. Jennifer she breaks has, away like, a, and she's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, so this is when Jennifer tells her like everything that had happened. Yeah, Jennifer gives the whole backstory of how the band kidnapped her and, and wanted to sacrifice her to the devil. <laughs> yeah, so basically Jennifer gets into the into Low Shoulders van and she kind of like breaks out of her shock or whatever and she thinks yeah. that they are going to rape her. Right. So uh, understandably. they're talking ab- yeah, they're talking about her virginity and she lies and she's like I am a virgin. I don't know how to do sex. Like you guys should totally just find somebody who does know how to do it instead. Yeah. Um, Adam Brody looks at his bandmates like, see, I was right. And yeah. it sucks. It sucks. Cause you know, I guess well, I don't, I guess on a first viewing, you don't necessarily know, but yeah, I think I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause so, like on, on repeated viewings, when you see him give that sly look, you're like, no, just t- tell them you're not. Like- tell them you're not. Like, just tell the truth. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so so they end up taking her to the Devil's Kettle Falls. And again, and they- just to speak to Megan Fox's uh, acting, like, because it's funny. She's so catatonic for the fire stuff. But this flashback stuff is like, kind- some of it's a little hard to watch because she's really freaking out. And really yeah. begging for her life. And, they're they're and, tying her down and she is like fighting for her fucking life, like trying yeah. her best to like get free. And uh, yeah, they basically, the band performs a satanic ritual on her because- And it's it's really funny. Like, I mean, it's hard, it's horrible, but they, like the band, they're super incompetent. Yeah. Like, they want to become famous. So they're willing yeah. to like make a deal with the devil. <laughs> He's like, they had, they even name drop like a specific coffee shop that they all work at. He's like, do you want to work at blah, blah, blah? Or do you want to be like the fucking guy from Maroon 5? And, and the, 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 the reluctant band member is like, Maroon 5. And he's and like, then, that's what I fucking thought. And then he looks at the other two bandmates like, can you believe this fucking guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Like, he pulls out this sheet and he's like, I got it off the internet. And he starts reading it. And Yeah. And then they stab <laughs> the fuck out of her well, with this I, Bowie knife. <laughs> oh, my God. The Bowie knife is so funny. He's like, he whips out this <laughs> knife from his pocket. He's like, and, sick knife, and, dude. <laughs> and he's like, it's a Bowie knife. And he's like, oh, Bowie, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, right before he's about to stab her, and then he stops. He goes, you know what? I just realized, even though I don't know you, I'm in love with you, Jennifer. And she just is like, what? And he, they start fucking with her right before they stab her. They start he, singing that song. Yeah, they're like, Jenny, Jen. I got your number. <laughs> that one. And then like as they're stabbing her and she's like screaming bloody murder and dying, it's that you can hear them going, Eight six seven five three. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it's like really fucked. It's pretty fucked. So at the end, uh, uh, Nikolai throws at the end of the ritual. He throws the knife into the falls. Yeah. Um. And Jennifer explains to Needy he, like he wipes it off on his shirt first and then throws it. What it's a really fucking weird. idiot! <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. Jennifer explains to Needy that like it should have killed her, but it didn't, and so she kind of like just probably they probably just left thinking she was dead. She ended up waking up and she stumbles into a foreign exchange student who was at the bar but survived the fire. Yeah, which I'd never put together. But I think what like I realized this time she did go to Needy's house first because she has a line where she's like, I found my way to you. You know, she's trying to kind of like appeal to Needy. 
But I think after she left Needy's house, after the chicken didn't work, mm. that's when she stumbles into the foreign exchange. That's very student. true because she's very hungry and the chicken makes her sick. Yeah. And so she's like, does anyone know you're alive? And he just kind of shakes his head no. And she's like, here, I'll help you. And you're like, and you had heard earlier in the movie because J.K. Simmons goes, all these people died, including blah, 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 the exchange student. And so when you see her run into him, you're like, oh, no, she fucking ate him. Uh, yeah, she leads him into the woods and you know she ate him. Which So yeah. her body count at this point is three. Yes. Um, And then she she makes another comment. Jennifer makes another comment about Chip to Needy. Needy basically tells her to get out and Jennifer jumps from Needy's second story window and <laughs> <Yeah>. leaves. Uh, and <laughs> She's she like, what are you doing? You, she the, leaves way she, the way she jumps out the window is really funny. <laughs> she leaves and I think she says like, see you at school or something like really yeah. dumb. Needy, uh, and then we, Needy looks we, out the window. She's gone, of course. Yeah. <laughs> we get a scene of like Colin's funeral. Needy's like, she's not at the funeral, but she's like, the funeral's like at the cemetery and Needy's like, you know, there, yeah. but not, I don't know if this is not being a part of it. I don't know if this was in your cut because this seems pretty cuttable, but his friends are like at the funeral too. And they're like, Colin, why not us? Take us with you. And they're saying all this stuff. And then the mom stands up and gives this like enraged speech to his goth friends. She's like, he's not this, he's not that, he's just in a overpriced rosewood box. You want to, you say you're in pain? Well, I got the market on pain or something like that. And then she like, oh no, sobbing. that was not in my cut. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, no. it's in the unrated cut, which okay. uh, I don't know what makes it unrated, but <laughs> yeah, sure. She, she gives a little speech to the goth kids. It's pretty fun. Okay, well, sad. <laughs> so back at school, Needy is doing like she basically does a ton of research and finds out that Jennifer has been. Possessed by a demon because the ritual went wrong because they tried to sacrifice somebody who was not a virgin. Yes. Uh, so Chip approaches Needy in the school halls and he's like, hey, I bought our formal tickets. And she's like, I can't go with you. You shouldn't go at all. Here's why. And she tries to explain what's going on with Jennifer, but he doesn't believe her. Yeah, he's, he's not like, having it. She basically is like, I'm going to go to the dance to keep an eye on her, but you just stay home and be safe. He doesn't believe anything she's saying. He's just bummed. He basically yeah. says, like, am I not your guy anymore? And yeah, he's all they, sad. They, they sort of, like, break up a little. And I it's got really your corsage. Sad, it's an orchid. It was, like, $12. $12, I know. <laughs> and it's just sad because you know Needy's only doing it just to try to save Chip's Yeah, life. it's really tragic. Yeah. Um, so but, then in, uh, our, in our third act, our final, we're coming oh, to the one end. Of my, one of my notes, uh, uh Jennifer says, "Come on, we can play boyfriend girlfriend like we used to." Got to, yeah, got to mention I that actually, one. <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah, she says that to Needy, and it's it's very reminiscent of the mommy daddy line too. Yeah, but it's also like again, just laying the laying the extra layer of like lesbian subtext beneath their between their relationship as well. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's prom night. Uh, yeah, and everybody's getting ready. We see Needy getting ready, Chip getting ready, and then we see Jennifer getting ready, and as Jennifer is brushing her hair, like there are chunks of hair like coming out into the comb, so you can yeah. tell she, you can she's see hungry. she's like starting to tear up too, like because she's applying all this like uh, uh, makeup on her face to like cover her face because it's all mm -hmm. broken out and stuff, and she's yeah. got like like tears in her eyes and stuff. But I think yeah. she's just sad because she looks ugly. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's. I mean, she is like it's tough. She is a demon, uh, but it's also like you do feel. You weirdly feel a little bad for her. At least I do. But 
Yeah, Needy's got this insane dress that she's wearing. <laughs> she looks like an 80s cake topper. <laughs> you know those cakes when like the top half was like a Barbie? Yeah. <laughs> That's what she looks like. Yeah, her hair is is crazy. Her mom, you can like see her mom like burning half of it while yeah. she's like curling it. But- yeah, and Needy, <laughs> Needy has to the dance to look for Jennifer, but she doesn't find her and she doesn't see Chip either. Yeah. But at the dance, uh, we learn that who who else is making a musical appearance, but our good friends Low Shoulder are and at the play dance. Play the only song they know. <laughs> through the trees. So it's actually, uh, this is another one of those ones where it kind of cuts back and forth. But we see Chip like walking across a park um, on his way to the dance. Yeah, this, and is he another, runs- and this, is, this is another one where you see Jennifer behind him at first. Yeah. And then she appears in front of him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, whoa, what the hell? And you're yeah. like, oh shit. And then we obviously know what's going on. Sure, uh, but Jennifer like starts to talk about like how Needy's been acting very weird lately, and Jennifer lies to Chip and says that it was because Needy and Colin were, were like intimate. They were porking on a semi semi regular basis. <laughs> that's right. That is the exact line, um, and that's why Needy has been acting so weird because she's so disturbed by Colin's death. And then yeah, Jennifer Chip, confesses her-, her feelings for Chip, and like she uses this situation to manipulate him. Yeah, and Megan Fox is doing a great job here because when she confesses her feelings for Chip, like you can just see she's not even being genuine at all. Right. Like it's all in the performance. Like, you can just tell she's like, and I've felt for you for, for so long, but Chip's so like confused and hurt at this point. He just kind of lets Jennifer start making out with him. And yeah. So we get a lot of like, you're wondering when she's going to eat him, but we kind of just keep cutting back to her making out with him. Needy's. Br- knows something's wrong so she runs over to chip's house chip's not there at this point yeah she uh, she runs across the park and she actually finds the the croissage the orchid so yeah it's good that's that like you right before that. she figures out they're in the pool because yeah so then we cut, yes, they're yeah, at a park it's it's like very weird it's like they're at like a public park with like a public pool and like jennifer takes chip into the pool before needy even gets there and they're kissing Chip tries yeah, to break away be, and it should be mentioned this this pool hall is like Oh this. man, it's creepy. <laughs> it's like abandoned and it's like for some reason it's abandoned, but there's still water. So the water's like full of like debris. It's like decrepit. It's so creepy. Like it's such a good like <laughs> scene for like the third act conflict. Yeah, there's like, all it's this such like, a good setting. There's all this like weird foliage that's even like coming in through the windows and stuff. Yeah, it's and very it kinda, again speaks to the abandonedness of some of the town. Uh, yeah, and so like I, I I was like I'm sure the water's actually clean and it's just dressed to look really gross, but I was like the water looks gnarly. Could like, give me point, enough money to go in there. <laughs> Jennifer's like I'm we're gonna go for a swim and Chip's like ha ha, but they kind of sit and commiserate for a little bit and Jennifer tries to start making out with them and Chip finally just is kind of like. You know what? This isn't. I'm not gonna do this. Jennifer just kind of sighs and goes "fuck it" and like throws him into the water. So she's attacking Chip. Yeah, Needy, she she pushes him into the pool and starts to drown him. Needy so, finally sh- shows up, but it's a little too late because Jennifer's already eating Chip. <laughs> yeah, and it's really sad because we like when Needy runs in, she like calls out for Chip and like. We we see the back of Jennifer and the front of Chip and Jennifer's like eating Chip's neck and Chip is like needy and Jennifer whips her head around and like her face is all demonic and she like snarls at needy. It's so creepy. 
So yeah. Dee Dee like jumps into the water and like attacks Jennifer, who responds by vomiting more of that disgusting black shit all over Needy and Chip. Yeah, and I, f- I feel like the black stuff is kind of interesting because I feel like uh, it only happens twice in the movie and it happens at Needy both times, mm-hmm. and both in moments where Needy's kind of rejecting her a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I actually or find like that- telling her what what to do. Yeah, it is like because she says, "Stop eating the chicken, get away." What are you doing? And then this yeah, time, it's like, "Stop eating point. my boyfriend." <laughs> that's a great point. Uh, so, uh, so then Jennifer starts hovering in the air. Yeah, and he's Chip's like, "She, she can fly." She's like, "She's just hovering. It's not that impressive." <laughs> yeah. So Needy and Chip get out of the water. And you were always such Jennifer, a player hater. <laughs> yeah, Needy and Jennifer are like arguing. They exchange some insults, and Jennifer moves towards Needy to You're try and jerk. attack her. You're a jerk. Nice insult, Hannah Montana. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's really funny. Um, so right as uh, Jennifer is about to um, eat eat needy, she says, I am going to eat your soul and shit it out. It's so good. Yeah, um, and he's like, I thought you only ate her. boys. And Jennifer's like, it's a pretty iconic line. Jennifer's like, I go both I go, ways. I go both ways. <laughs> and never, uh, so, yeah, so. Jennifer moves towards Needy and Chip stabs her right in the freaking stomach with a like one of those pool cleaning nets, the yeah. back end of that. And yeah, Jennifer, I think you even wrote it down, but Jennifer's like, uh, you, you got, got a, a tampon? tampon? I just thought you might be plugging. <laughs> you seem like you might be plugging. And then she just like uh, lamely crawls out the window after yanking it out and like, yeah, this, this obviously <laughs> deters her enough. Um, but unfortunately, Chip lies dying on the ground and he says, what I actually think is the cutest line of the movie, he he's dying and he knows he's dying. He tells Needy that I think I already died before you got here, but I woke up when I heard your voice. Yeah. Oh my god, it makes me cry. It's so sad. <laughs> and and yeah, like, they, I love you. He's like, I love you too. They you confess really, their love, and then like, he you dies. You look really hot in that dress, and she's like, I know you're something. delusional. And then he just kind of dies. He's like, no, and she really does. It's like everything's been really quippy up to this point. Uh, but then she really like it's 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 kind of funny how the tone changes so dramatically. Like quippy fight, God tampon, Jennifer leaves. Like as soon as she sees Chip, it just Seafree, Amanda Seafree just shifts into like immediately genuine sadness and concern. It's yeah. pretty funny. Uh, it's really great. But yeah, Chip dies, and then it kind of just uh cuts forward, right? Like we Yeah, see we her- come back to like where my version of the movie started, where Jennifer's lying in her bed again. Yeah. Um, and we learned that while she's watching movies, I'm assuming that a decent amount of time has passed because Jennifer is circling the pictures of boys that I presume she's eaten in her yearbook. Yes, here's where I would probably disagree with you. I think she's circling pictures of people she's going to eat. Okay, that's uh, fair. Um, she's she's either <laughs> highlighting her targets or picking out her next target. Yeah, and she has someone circled and it just says yum. Yeah. I think she's just kind of picking people out to eat. Uh, I don't think that much time has passed. Um, she's looking rough, but she was looking rough anyway. Yeah, and she uh, didn't really get a good meal out of Chip. Yeah, so uh, I, I did get, like, I don't know if you got it, but we do get a brief, like, uh, needy gearing up montage. Nope. Um, yeah, didn't she, like, th- throws on a hoodie, puts on her combat boots, and uh, gets ready or whatever. But we we get back to the beginning. She's staring in through the window. Jennifer turns off the TV. 
Needy fucking jumps through the window. Shatters the glass. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And uh, uh, she straddles Jennifer on the bed and they start like struggling. Um, and so Jennifer pulls like Needy down towards her and bites her on the neck. Yeah. Which is important because the yeah. get marked and, by uh, the demon. Needy then- pulls away, yanks a box cutter out of her pocket. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the line is so funny. Yeah, I t- this is the one I texted you earlier because I told mm. you I was writing lines down where Jennifer sees it or like Needy pulls it out. And she's like, you know what this is for? Cutting boxes. <laughs> and Jennifer's like, God. And she's like, do you get all your murder weapons at Home Depot? God, you're butch. <laughs> and then she slashes Jennifer on the stomach and goes, yeah. cross out Jennifer. Cross uh, out Jennifer. And Jennifer's so, like. <laughs> so they, they're, they're like struggling. It's kind of hard to explain. They basically start hovering. This um, great, this like insanely great. Yeah, it's it's so good. Song. You just gotta watch it. Yeah, this like driving, epic rock song starts playing. It's like, dun, 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 yeah, dun, they're like hovering, they're flipping back and forth. It's so cool. In the air, tumbling. So event. needy like manages to like flip Jennifer over. So needy's on top again, but they're hovering, and needy grabs Jennifer's Biff necklace yeah. and like rips it off and jennifer who had been hovering like falls back onto the bed yeah as so, soon as the ne- it's like the necklace gets ripped off and sh- you see this look of like genuine shock on yeah uh, like jennifer's yeah. sad like she doesn't want her friend to be mad at her right yeah and again it's why this really hammers home the themes of the movie and they start falling the songs playing slow-mo falling uh needy's hovering in the air a little bit still she finally starts to fall and then as she's falling, she raises the box cutter, starts yelling, and just plunges, plunges it. it into Jennifer's <laughs> chest. And Jennifer has this great line where she looks up at Needy and she goes, my tit. Which are and, her last words. <laughs> and Needy goes, no, your heart. And, and she dies. Jennifer dies. And it's really cool. I had actually never noticed until this playthrough. But as Jennifer dies, like... She had been looking very pale and like yeah. hungry, and like I ne- when she I dies, never, her cheeks I never like noticed this. Yeah, she like she she looks like herself again after she died. Like she looks very human again, and you can see like Needy looks at Jennifer, and you can tell like as soon as Jennifer looks like her human self again, you can just see like the hurt and sadness on Needy's face. Like yeah, realizing that she basically had to like kill her best friend. Yeah, and then a character who we've never met in the movie. Uh, Jennifer's mother bursts in randomly. Uh, well, she, it's weird. You can tell she probably just woke up. So she yeah. like she walks in and she flicks on the light in the bedroom and she looks tired and she's like, Jennifer, sweetie, what's going on? And then she just looks up and she sees like needy on top of like a dead and bloody Jennifer. Yeah. And she's uh, like, and you see, you see needy like watching her cradle Jennifer's body and needy mm-hmm. just lays there and, you know, it's just left to assume that she was arrested at this point. Yeah, because then we flash back to her in her solitary confinement cell. Yeah, and so they kick the food in. She's monologuing a little bit more. She explains that what the occultists don't know is that if you're marked by the demon, sometimes you can get some of their powers. We pull back to reveal she's hovering in the air. Yeah, Uh, she's like floating. And it's actually very cool because she kind of breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, because she she says she's monologuing. And then as as the camera's pushing in on her, she looks directly into the camera. And she says, you might just get lucky for once in your miserable life. 
And then uh, she like the camera pans back. It reveals that she's hovering. And then uh, she looks up to like the the cell has a single window, but it's very high set. Like the walls right. in the cell are probably like 20 or 30 feet high. And the window is probably like, you know, near the top. So she she hovers up to the window and kicks it out, kicks her way out of like the prison yard. Um, and we see her like walking down the road and there's like this epic music playing and she walks past like a little stream and in the stream we see those orange balls that the scientist guys threw in the vortex yeah. and the Bowie knife that they used to stab Jennifer. Bowie, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and she she plucks it out of the water and she starts Oh, I just realized there's another layer to that joke cuz he probably thinks he means David Bowie. Yeah, that's that's what's funny, <laughs> I think. Um so so she starts hitchhiking and she gets picked yeah. up by this I gotta older say, guy. This older guy is He's uncredited, but he's played by Lance Henriksen, who is a very famous actor. Yeah, he's, he's in. in uh, <laughs> he plays like the the old man in uh, Sucker Punch. Oh yeah, she sure does. Uh, most people would know him from Alien. Uh, Never seen it. But yeah, I mean, he's a very famous actor. He's a great actor. He's in yeah. a he's in a great movie called uh, Near Dark. It's a vampire movie. He's like mm. the head of a vampire cult. It's. Uh, it's just, it's such a weird cameo. I just, every time I remember the car was driving up and I was like, oh shit, it's Lance Henriksen. Here he comes again. And then I just was like, I don't know. I was geeking out about it a little bit, but yeah, she tells and, him, uh, he, he's yeah, like, he asked, like, where are you going? She's like, I'm and heading she, here. I'm going to see this band. She I'm says, I'm going east, east towards Madison. And he says, why? And she says, I'm following a rock band. And he says, well, must be a hell of a group. She says, tonight's going to be their last show. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, they drive off, and that's technically technically how the movie ends, because then we get, like, Karen Kusama's directorial credit, um, and then it, like, sort of cuts to footage of, like, Low Shoulder, presumably on tour, yeah, and they're, it, like, partying it, in a hotel room. It's shot very much like someone's got a handheld camera. Yeah, like that, found footage. Yeah. Sort and of. So they're, they're in a hotel being, like, a douchey rock band. Yeah. breaking shit throwing stuff around recording themselves like basically vlogging before vlogging existed yeah and so the credit sequence essentially is this slow build because the some of the stills start seeming weirder and more yeah like, it's sort it, of it, like it, this found footage interlaced with like these what what appear to be crime scene photos but you don't actually see any crimes yeah. it'll just be like a photo of like you know a couple glasses that are drunk out of or something like that it's and fun the, hear, the way it transitions <laughs> it's 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 cool i like the i like this credit scene a lot so we hear the hotel door ring and they're like oh go answer go answer and all we can see on the found footage when they go to answer the door is that it's very shaky and then we just hear a ton of screaming <laughs> and then it cuts off and we start getting these crime scene photos that detail like this bloody graphic scene we see like all the band members dead. And this is when like the actual credits start. Like the credits are laid over top of these crime scene photos. Yeah. And uh, the last thing we see is like a bunch of fans rushing down the hall because they know low shoulder is mm -hmm. in the room and one figure is coming from the other way. And you, it's Amanda Seyfried. Like, yeah. It's like a CCTV <laughs> footage. Yeah. You see her like look directly in the camera and you hear all the fans like screaming bloody murder. Yeah. And, yeah, you see like Adam uh uh Brody, Brody. 
with a Bowie knife like in his stomach, which is extra. I love the choice of it being the stomach because it's like that probably means he died kind of slow, too. So, uh, yeah, Needy got revenge for Jennifer. It's pretty satisfying. It's a great Uh, ending. But yeah, it is the ending, though, which means we're at the end of the movie. Oh, what a fucking movie. (laughs) Is there anything uh, you wanted to mention that we didn't really cover? I don't think so. You I mean, know, I guess this maybe just like thematically, we we touched on it. The friendship. No, I think you the... totally nailed it. I think that the themes of this movie. I think like Needy's specific character arc is like she is sort of like growing up, forcibly so, and she is becoming a person who doesn't take orders anymore. Uh, and she she sort of just takes fate into her own hands. Um, and it's it's kind of fucked up to think about it, but like. If Jennifer had never, like, if none of this had ever happened, would Needy have ever really grown as a person or would she always have lived under Jennifer's shadow? Yeah, it's tough because I I do, especially this last viewing, I really take this movie more metaphorically than anything because, yeah, it's about a demon's succubus, essentially, who does this thing. But really, it's about a friendship that becomes fractured in a, it's a story of a girl who needs to kind of learn to be her own person. Mm -hmm. And it's like, in the literal events of the movie, yes, uh, Jennifer becoming a literal demon forced her to be different, you know, but she also has taken on the characteristics of her former friend. Like, there's a lot to say about mental health and PTSD and right. the lasting effects that people have on you. Because, I mean, you do, when you become close with somebody and you spend all your time with them, you do take each other's characteristics on totally. in a certain way, too. So, and Jennifer, literally in this movie left her mark on needy yeah and it's just yeah it's i really do think there's a lot of layers to this movie and i hope i know people have come around to liking the movie but i also hope people maybe start to appreciate that it's there's more going on than what seems like there's going on at first blush yeah and like you said there's some really great like cinematic elements to this movie some really cool shots the music is great all the lead actors do an amazing job this is a this is a good movie I really like this movie. <laughs> I really love this movie too. It's like part of the reason why I'm breaking the format of the show just to talk about it because it's just, yeah, I just, yeah. I love it. I I'm love- glad you are because Jennifer's body <laughs> deserves more love than it gets. Yeah. I've always wanted to, I, I kind I always wanted to make like a YouTube video that's like basically like, I also like Jennifer's body because I've seen like, there's a lot of YouTube people I follow that have made videos that are like, hey, just so you know, Jennifer's body is actually really good. And yeah. I was like, I always wanted to like add my thoughts into the discourse, you know, you should. So I, I, I'm glad that we're doing this episode where we cover it because I, I want it known that I genuinely loved, I genuinely unironically love Jennifer's body. I think it's really good. Even though people have come around on it, I still Me don't too. think it's as revered as it should be. I, yeah. I really think mean girls and Jennifer's body should be spoken with in the same breath. I think I agree. Megan Fox needs a lot more respect. I think Karen Kusama needs a lot more respect. Uh, and I just, yeah, I, I'm I'm glad this movie. Ex- if I had made if I made a movie like Jennifer's Body, like this is one of those movies where I think about like if I had made this movie, I'd be really fucking proud of myself. Oh, one hundred percent. I loved this movie the first time I watched it, and even now, having seen it probably six or seven times, I still love this movie. It's great and. 
And even like, like I said, I feel like on every watch you can pick up on a couple new things. Yeah. I mean, I was legitimately, it didn't feel like work to sometimes when I have to watch a movie for the show, it's kind of like, shit, I need to get this in. But watching this again, just, I was like, yeah, I'm watching Jennifer's body again. This is great. I always enjoy it every time I watch it. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I have it on DVD for a reason, uh, but now I have Amazon Prime, so I can just throw it on whenever I want. So, hey, when Amazon's gone, which it never will be, I'll still have that damn DVD. So That's right. (laughs) Just don't get rid of your DVD player. Do you uh do you want to do ratings for for this? Yeah, um, I think I would give this. It's it's weird because like, I don't know. I think I would personally for me, I'd probably give this movie an eight, maybe a seven and a half to an eight, seven point okay. seven five out of ten. That's I mean yeah, again I think that's a lot better than what most people would give it. On yeah. Letterbox, on Letterbox, every time I rewatch it, I give it a five out of five, but. Part of that's just because I want to offset anyone that rate, rates it lower than they should. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what would you rank it? For the purposes of this show, where if people don't know, um, I have a bit of a curved grading scale. I've never given a movie a 10 out of 10 on this show. Um, I gave The Godfather an 8.5. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to give this movie, on the scale for this show, <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm going to give it an, uh, fuck. Um, I'm going to give it an 8.5 as well. Wow. Uh, no, I mean, that that was struggling. But I, I wasn't thinking about whether I was going to go as high as 8.5. That's low. Uh, Dang, I was thinking about I'm so a nine. Proud. But I just, I don't know. I don't find any flaws with this movie. It's doing exactly what it wants to do. One of the only scenes I ever had a problem with was how weird the fire scene felt. But. Something really clicked into place on this watch where I was like, no, it feels, it feels weird and fucked up and it's jarring. It's supposed and, to feel like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't find any issues with, I don't see how, like, I some of the dialogue I'm sure could rub people wrong. Like, maybe it's too quirky and witty, but. For, yeah. And just remember, it came out in 2009. Like, this was the style of 2009. Yeah. For me, I just, I don't see, every scene hits for me. All the jokes work. All the lines work. I think all the lead performances are not only good, but they're doing way more than people even give them credit for. Like every character's little look when Jennifer looks like annoyed or sad, when Colin looks kind of nervous, when Chip looks kind of proud of himself for making a needy moan a little bit. Like it's so, I feel like there's so much more care and attention to detail that was put into this than people give it credit for. I so, would 100% agree. Yeah, I mean, come for me for putting this on the same level as the godfather i don't really give a shit i genuinely um, the godfather love this movie. is boring and freaking marlon brando was ugly in that movie so <laughs> i mean yeah he's supposed to be but <laughs> jennifer's body is entertaining and megan fox is hot okay come for me come for me you can come come, come to my twitch channel and fight with me if you have strong opinions i'll defend this movie till the day i die uh we'll get to plugs in a sec but first let's do recommendations <laughs> uh yeah i'm gonna recommend. Okay, have you seen Tragedy Girls? No, I haven't. Is that that show? No, it's a movie. It came out in 2017. Oh, that's right. It's, yeah, it's, it's a it's movie. It's good. It's quirky. It's cute. Um, I like it a lot. And I think if you like this movie, I think you will like Tragedy Girls. Yeah. And I'm also going to recommend, I don't know why, but I'm going to recommend the movie Jawbreaker. Okay. Have you seen Jawbreaker? No. 
It is like a 90s girl, like dark comedy drama sort of thing, but it also has like a big cult following, sort of like Jennifer's Body. I know does. the name, but yeah, I've, I don't know anything about that movie. Two good ones, two like very like strong female leads, like pretty dark, pretty twisted type movies. Both good, and I would both recommend if you like Jennifer's Body. Sure. Uh, I'm going to throw a bunch out there. Um, I watched that Till Death movie recently. Um, Megan Fox vehicle. Uh, it's like kind of a thriller type movie. Okay. Um, it's on Netflix right now for people. Um, it's basically a movie where she's she's married to this guy who she's not in love with anymore, Ooh. and she go they go out to this remote cabin and she finds herself in a really fucked up situation. And mm. I mean, it's the Megan Fox show. Like she carries the whole movie. It's mostly just her. Nice. Uh, okay. And it's it's it didn't blow me away, but it sure as shit was worth watching at least once. Yeah, and I'll have just, to give it a watch. It's just great to see Megan Fox like in a good movie yeah. again. Um, I mean, she's still just. I mean, yeah, she's great. Uh, I'd recommend any of Karen Kusama's like late career stuff. Like she has a bit on this Double X horror anthology. The Invitation's super recommendable. Destroyer's worth watching at least once, if only mm-hmm. for Nicole Kidman's crazy performance. Um, but I, I, I also I'll toss in some horror comedy stuff too, just to kind of fit the flavor a little bit better. Um, I think some of my favorite horror comedies are uh, The Final Girls is a favorite of mine. Mm. Highly recommend that one. I really love that movie. Okay. It's like it's it's another movie that's like it's funny and it plays with the horror comedy tropes because like they get sucked into a slasher movie. Ooh. But the heart of the movie is actually really good because the main character. Her mother died when she was young and she was a horror like starlet. She's the movie they get sucked into is the movie that her mom was in when she was younger. Ah. And so there's this whole like really good core of the movie that centers around this relationship. And I find it to be really good. I, I, yeah, I, that's cool. I've noticed it's not the most highly regarded movie of all time, but I loved it when I saw it. Yeah, well, um, neither is Jennifer's body. So true. Uh, and I'll throw uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil on top of the whole pile. Ah, uh, that's uh, a good one. You also yeah. <laughs> mentioned uh, Ready or Not. That's oh, a really, yes, of course. That's a really great one. If you yeah, like you gotta, gotta throw that one in there. If you yeah. like Jennifer's Body, you cannot go wrong with Ready or Not. Yeah. Uh, it's really pe- great. If people saw my 2019 uh, Best of the Year list, that was, I think, number five nice. on my list. Uh, I, and it's, it has not moved. I love that movie so much. I yeah, own that on DVD one. as well. Uh, Samara nice. Weaving, uh, super underrated. Adam Brody's so good in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ready or Not's so good. And Tucker and Dale, for, I think most people know about Tucker and Dale versus Evil, but it's fucking funny. Like, I, I watched it, like, I I got home from the hospital after being in there for, like, an appendix surgery, mm-hmm. and I was watching it randomly, and I laughed so hard I, like, hurt myself, and I had to, like, calm down, uh, like, when the guy jumped in the wood chipper, so, I don't know. It's, it's fucking funny. It's a good movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a good one. It's a classic. uh, Let's do some plugs. I know more than half of the people that listen to this episode are probably just going to be fans of yours, but if they're my listeners, I'd love for them to go check you out. So tell them where they can find you. You can find me on twitch.tv slash jancypantsy. I'm sure Jake will spell it out for you in the title. Um, And yeah, you can come argue with me about why Jennifer's body is better than The Godfather. (laughs) <laughs> that's it that's what that's my only plug <laughs> jancy pantsy uh, uh great. yeah jake thank you so much for having me back i really appreciate it no it's so fun having you on the show i 
I, you're one of like, I love every guest I have, but you're definitely the only guest who does as detailed notes as you do. And who at multiple points, I can let you drive the narrative for a while. It's, it's really enjoyable. <laughs> oh yeah. I have a hard time, um, not talking. So no, I will, I, I will talk forever. <laughs> I mean, it's what makes you such a great streamer too. You're able to just kind of carry the banter, even though you're in a room with cats, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. But yeah. I hope people go check you out if they haven't. Um, but yeah, it was so fun to talk to you about this movie 